When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming up on episode 256 of Wheel Bearings, we've got a long one to make up for missing last week. Uh, we've got the Mach-E, Ford Mustang Mach-E GT, the 2023 Nissan Z, the Mercedes-Benz EQB and EQXX, the AMG GLB35, the new Blazer EV, Scott Kehoe moves to Scout, uh, the Toyota Crown, charging failures, and Ford adopting LFP batteries, and a l- bunch of listener questions. All that and more coming up next. Did you know you can support Wheelbearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. This is episode 256 of Wheel Bearings. I'm Sam Abul Salmon from Guidehouse Insights. I am Nicole Wakelin from the Fast Women Podcast. And I am Roberto Baldwin from, let's say, TechCrunch this week. All right. And uh, we took a week off last week while uh, I was getting recharged out in uh, California. Not, not that far from where Robbie lives, by the way, but... Uh, had a had a wonderful vacation, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what I was driving out there a little later on. But Nicole, what about you? Oh. What, did, what were you driving in the uh, time since we last spoke? In the interim, so the one I'm going to talk about that I was driving was the 2022 Mercedes Benz AMG GLB 35 Formatic. That doesn't even sound like a car. It sounds like a spaceship. <laughs> sounds like the model name for some Sony headphones. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a math problem. Does that problem come with noise canceling? Um, yeah. So it's a math I problem for so, sophomores. So, so, so no, no more Altima this week? No. Yeah, I was, I was hoping Ultima it was the Altima. No, the Altima, as much as I love the Altima, it has finally gone to the next human. So, no, I do not have the Altima. So I had a Mercedes Benz. Um, I, I like the Mercedes. I mean, the. What I like about Mercedes is they consistently have this interior that feels like fancy and upscale, if it has a little bit of elegance to it. You know, they keep a lot of tech in there. Some of them just get fancy for the sake of getting all kinds of flashy and crazy. Mercedes does it in a sort of reserved, it's nice, it's lovely, but it's not out of control. So I appreciate how they do it. So this is a $58,000 SUV. Um, It's got... Oh, wait, the, the GLB is the little one, right? The little, it's a bebe. 
Okay. It's a little one. Um, so you've got it, but you have a decent amount of space. It's not so little that you feel like it's too small. It's it's rather upright in how it's designed. I know it's an SUV, but it's fairly It's comfy boxy. inside. Yeah, it's like the yeah. boxy ones and there's like room for everybody. Yeah, it's like you, it's smaller it's, than the it's other smaller. ones. So it's like smaller and you're like, oh no, this is a small one. But like, Robbie, I think even you could sit in the back of this and you probably wouldn't be yeah. like hunched yeah, over like, It's you know? smartly proportioned for its size. Oh, what a good description. Smartly <laughs> It's there smartly proportioned. Use that, kids. Takes <laughs> notes. Smartly proportioned. Okay, so I, I did enjoy driving this. Um, it was roomy. We had uh, four adults in there. Plenty of room for everybody to fit. No issues with headroom or legroom. There's a decent little amount of cargo room. Um, and because this is the AMG, it has plenty of power. It's got 302 horsepower, 295 pound-feet of torque. So it moves. You push the gas, and it moves. And it does feel aggressive, and it has nice, crisp handling because of that whole AMG Mercedes situation, it's not just an SUV with lots of power that gets away from you and feels unwieldy and sloppy on the highway. You get on the highway and it has the Mercedes sedan kind of vibe where it's very controlled, steering is tight, it's very crisp. You don't have a lot of nosedive if you hit the brakes hard. It's it's a nice vehicle to drive, but it's not like an overly in-your-face aggressive SUV. It's It's got, it's like a happy medium. Happy medium on size, happy medium on power. Inside, it's beautiful. It has like Napa leather and heated seats. And there's on the one I have, there's I think the base screen size is only like seven inches. I might have that wrong, but this one, it's a 10.25 infotainment touchscreen. And the only thing, and it still freaks me out, and a lot of Mercedes have these on the steering wheel, there's a tiny little square on each side that's a touchpad. I mean, it's not even the size, it's like half the size of your pinky nail. It's this teeny, tiny little, yeah, teeny, tiny little square, which is kind of nice if you want to swipe through things, but also your hands go there. So accidentally, you just move your hand and you're like, <laughs> what have I, oh, I've changed the channel. I'm listening to gospel. What has happened? How did I do this? Like, it just, it's very easy to accidentally hit those. So I feel like it's a great idea, but somehow they're just in a position where I just move my hand off the steering wheel and on again, and I've managed to brush it ever so slightly and I have changed things. So I like it's it feels like it's a good idea, but I'm not have you have you, either of you experienced this in a Mercedes a little teeny touch pads? It's I been a long time buttons with my hands because nine and three, which is and of course every steering wheel, mm -hmm. you know, the little bars come out nine and three and then my hands are this big. Yeah. So they're large. So I'm always hitting buttons and things while I'm turning I'm just like uh like anything that's really close to the edge I hit so I I like how I purposely I'm very like yeah Try to so keep I, I don't hit the Mercedes-Benz one very much but um but yeah like some like if you don't remember which one does which like the left side's for the uh for the cluster and the right side's for the infotainment system right <laughs> so you'll you'll hit it you're like oh I need to change something oh something popped up on the cluster and you hit the right one and all of a sudden something's going on in the infotainment screen like hey yes. what happened here I kept doing the infotainment screen was apparently, apparently I moved my right hand far too much when I'm driving because I was constantly like, new channel, volume, ah, what am I doing? Like it was constantly changing. So I had issues with that. Um, but I mean, it's not, a, it's just like, I, I'm sure once I got used to it, it does feel like one of those things where you give a hang of it not to touch that little spot unless you actually want it to change something, it probably gets fine. But yeah, I kept changing things all the time. Um, it also has, and I keep trying this and it, it, it hates me. The Hey Mercedes thing. <laughs> hey Mercedes hates me. I, I'll say, I was like, okay, everyone quiet. Like it be the whole car. Utter silence from everyone. <laughs> hey Mercedes, directions to McDonald's. I'm sorry, Nicole. Say that again. You know, it's like it never, oh. it never, ever hears me. It's always, or it'll give me the, 
uh, can't help you with that right now. Uh, there, there, that's not found. Uh, please be more specific. And I'm like, directions to McDonald's. I don't know how to be more specific. So, sounds like they same use the same voice recognition software as Volkswagen, which is just yeah. utterly trash. Yeah, it just couldn't get it. And then when it gets it, it's like, oh, hey, cool. We'll take you to McDonald's. Here you go. Enjoy your Diet Coke. But it <laughs> took 25 minutes for me to say, and I've gone by three McDonald's trying <laughs> to get it to give me directions to a McDonald's. So, I, but I, so this one, I'm not a fan of the voice control. I like the idea that you can say, hey, Mercedes. Also, I don't think I said the word Mercedes that much when I was driving, but the car thought I did because every now and then it's just like listening. And I'm like, I, I didn't call your attention. Why? And you see oh. this like little squiggly thing on the, you hit the maybe you screen? hit the, the little, the little voice button with your, with your, the <laughs> microphone with your, with you your might, hand while you're, you while you're moving right. everything. On <laughs> you're probably right, Rob. It's probably my own fault. It's like, yes, you did call for me. But well, yeah, I, I mean, it, it is a premium German car. So anything that went wrong is clearly your fault. That's 100% user error. It is not a design flaw at all. No, no way. Uh, so, yeah, so I had some fights with the infotainment system, but it is like, you know, it's a nice big screen. It's 10.25 is a big screen. It's very crisp. It's very clear when, you know, it's easy to see. It's, it's, it's not like that. Everything is really good. I like the system. I like the features it has. You know, it's got like Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. It has the features you want. It, it just doesn't like me. <laughs> I just have a hard time with it. But I think that's the me thing because I've experienced this in a couple of Mercedes where I just, I just have a, I have a tough time. It's I still like it better than the stupid rotary controller in a Mazda. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> See, it works really. It works really well for me. Mm -hmm. But I drive a lot of Mercedes, so I think every time I get in the car, they're like, "Hey, Robbie's getting in the car." <laughs> He's, uh, he's uh, God. This guy will not leave us alone. He's back again. Let's make sure that this thing works with his dumb voice. Yeah, mine doesn't. I don't know. I wonder if it's a voice thing. Do you think? Like, I'm it's, curious. It's I voice. If... It's it's frequency. There's a lot of like variables. Like my my cousin has a has a, a high voice, and she has uh, she's you know she's born in 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 America. But she has just a slight. California Mexican accent in her voice. Okay. So I think that like really throws off like I remember like Siri like for years like it just would not understand her. She gets so angry. There's <laughs> <laughs> just like little itty bitty things and they're getting better, but they're still not perfect. They're still and you know I I can't when I'm doing these these drives with these cars, I'm doing video inside the car so I have like a camera in there and I have a little mic on and and I'll be saying things, and I'll, I'll accidentally say Mercedes, and then the little thing pops up, and it's like, how can I help you? I'm like, ah, shit, that shot's yeah, no, shot. So I have to like, figure out how to turn it off, and it's a whole it's a whole thing. I try to so it works, it works too well for me, and not well enough for Not well enough for me, I know. Well, it, technically, it is working too well, because it's constantly turning on, and I don't need it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know wonder why you're turned on, because I, I just pulled into my driveway, and I'm about to turn the car off. I did not ask you to do anything. <laughs> like, so all, it hear, all it hears from you is, Mercedes. What? Yeah. what are you saying? What are you saying, Nicole? Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how it feels like. The car is it's like, very it's like the teacher in uh, Peanuts. Yeah. Yes. In Peanuts. Everything except the womp, word Mercedes, womp, I womp, sound womp. like the teacher in Peanuts. Yeah, that's how the system thinks I am. Mercedes. All right. Um, and what, what kind of fuel economy did you get out of this thing? <laughs> Um, I aimed, I aimed, I got pretty close to what they said. So the official fuel economy, it's 20 city, 27 highway, 22 combined. I was doing a lot of highway driving in this and I was like, at like 20, 
three-ish, and it was mostly highways, so I feel like that's pretty fair. I wasn't nice to it. I was relatively aggressive <laughs> on the gas. Well, pump. it is an AMG. I mean, yeah, you, you it's not like it's like I'm not going to design for. I'm not going to putter onto the highway like a little lady. So I was, yeah. So I was aggressive in the driving, but completely legal. Um, so I felt like that was pretty good fuel economy for given how I was driving it and based on what it was saying it should be getting. So good. Yeah. All right, Roberto, what have you been driving? So I'm just going to segue into this. I was driving the EQB, which is the electric version of the GLB. All Mercedes um, all the time. Yeah, all Mercedes all the time. I flew out to Germany. I went to the Immendingen uh, test facility. And is that had... really how you say that or did you mutilate that? Nope, is that's really how they Imend- say it. That's how they say Imend- it. because Immendingen? Immendingen. Because Imend- I did the – we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I did drive pilot there like months and months and months ago. And uh-huh. I had to uh, do a stand-up, and I kept having to walk back over to the German. Uh, <laughs> and ask, How do you pronounce this again? How do you say Imendingen? this? Immendingen. Immendingen. Oh, that's like, funny. So now that I know how to say it, I don't know how to say it wrong. Okay. I will never <laughs> so, say it wrong either. Thanks, Robbie. There we go. Immendingen. And then Imendingen. I double-checked, and we're driving around. I'm like, like, I had a co-pilot for one of the drives. I'm like, Immendingen? He's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Okay. <laughs> I might still be saying it wrong. They're probably just like, you know what? You're never going to get it right. <laughs> So we get those emails from everybody who lives in Germany that we're saying it wrong. This is entirely wrong. I apologize. I apologize for for butchering the name of your fine uh, town, which is very it's 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 very quaint. It's in the south in Bavaria. Anyway, anywho, uh, EQB. I drove the 300 and the 350. Uh, the EQB 300, both formatic, so both four wheel drive starts at fifty four thousand five hundred dollars. The EQB uh, formatic 350 is uh, fifty eight thousand fifty dollars. So you can get a uh, Mercedes-Benz luxury SUV electric vehicle for under 60 grand. Well, probably 60 once you throw in all the how much things cost to to ship to your house if you get the uh, the 350. Um, what's funny is is that you know we just talked about how it's it's very uh, well proportioned. You can get these with a third row. A third the row. EQB, the EQB with the a third EQB row. The EQB with the third row, but but because it's Mercedes, they tell you right up front in the press release. People who are five foot four will be fine. Anyway, anybody? <laughs> like, no, no, don't put tall people back here. Yeah, I've I've never seen that anyone else's like third row. They're always like, hey, we got a third row. Like how tall? They're like you know, it's a third row. Mercedes is like is a third row. If you're five foot four, you'll be slightly comfortable. Everyone else, not so much. <laughs> At least they're honest. Five four. That's your cutoff, folks. Otherwise, don't bother. So if you have, uh, so if you're shorter than me, I don't want to say short. If you're five four, I've dated someone who was five four, so I guess she was short. Um, if you're shorter than me, or if you're a child, and you're what six four? I'm six three. Six three. Okay. It was, yeah, it was high school. Things were crazy. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so five four. If you have children, you can put seven people in the in this vehicle. Or if you if you if you are, are short people, um, I they didn't have the third row for me to try out. Um, and I, at this point, I don't really try those things out much unless it looks like I'll fit back there. If it looks like I'm not going to fit, there's no point other than like, you know, what am I, am I going to take a picture of me looking like a fool, <laughs> smashing the back of it, like a shrimp all shriveled up and <laughs> Yes, do that. I want the over. next time there's a third row in a car that is clearly too small for you, I triple dog dare you to crawl into the third row. And take oh. a picture to see you like <laughs> just for with your knee, yeah, with your knees all the way up to your chin. <laughs> that's that's what it's like. Uh, so you get the two trim levels. The 300 has 225 horsepower, 288 pound feet of torque. 
the 350 has 288 horsepower, 395, I'm sorry, 394 pound-feet of torque. Um, and they are not, they're definitely not the AMG. They're not AMGs, um, but they are adequate. They work well. Uh, drove it a little bit on the Autobahn, drove a little bit on the uh, German back roads. Everything you're supposed to do with this car, you can do with it. It is, uh, it is a 400-volt system, so it's not... Yeah, don't 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 get excited. Um, it's only charges at 100. The charge the DC fast charge rate is 100 kilowatt hours. Um, and then we come down to the range, which I wasn't supposed to uh, know this, but I found out anyway. Uh, it's about 230, 230 miles of range. Which this is and, and here's the thing is that most people that's 90% of the people who are driving, 99% of the time that's mm -hmm. going to be totally fine. But in the United States, we have this very, like, 250, 250, 250 is sort of the minimum for people. So I think it's going to hurt. I, you know, I really like this car. It's really nice. It's very comfortable. It's well-proportioned as, uh, <laughs> as we've um, – it's, you know, you get all the Mercedes bits. Um, you get the hey Mercedes. But you still get the little, the little touchpad because mm -hmm. they've removed the touchpad on the newer cars with the hey Mercedes and the new version of, uh, of uh, the infotainment system. And so you get both. You get the best of both worlds. You get old school Mercedes <laughs> and new school Mercedes in this. Um, and yeah, but it, it is definitely, I think what people are going to buy this for is their second, you know, their second luxury vehicle. It's the, it's the vehicle for mom and dad to take the kids around town, to take them mm -hmm. to school, to go shopping. It is the around, it is the around town Mercedes, uh, like utility vehicle. This is the workhorse. This is the thing you shove all the stuff in the back. You get lots of room once you put the second seat down. Um, if you have a third seat, you can put that one down too. If you get the third seat, you can take all the kids to soccer practice or baseball or whatever kids lacrosse, I guess, rich people Whatever play. practice they choose to go to. <laughs> I've only seen rich people pl play lacrosse, so I'm assuming there's a lot of lacrosse players. Do I know anyone that's played lacrosse? Well, I, I'm trying to think. Oh, I know I, one person who played lacrosse. They're not a rich people, Robbie. They're normal people. It's an east. Uh, it's it just always like an East Coast rich person thing to me. Well, this is just an East Coast normal person thing, but exactly one human I know who plays with all the people. <laughs> but this one person is not. You know rich. when he goes when he goes to lacrosse, he's like he's the poverty kid, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous of that. He's the one on the scholarship. <laughs> we he decided you guys in. are the poverty people. <laughs> he cruises in and like his Camry and just like a regular human car, and everyone else is pulling up. I think he does have like some really like just yeah, boring, just a regular normals, human. Yes. Thing, and everyone comes rolling up in their Mercedes and their Porsches, you know, and these, uh, the tricked out G wagons. Uh, <laughs> he just squeezes in there in his beat up Camry. Now I gotta figure out what kind of car exactly he has. If it's a Camry, I'll die laughing. Okay. Oh, poor. Yeah. Camry. Probably a Corolla. Camry's a good car. Um, it is. Uh, it has a 70.5 kilowatt hour um, usable battery pack capacity that was a weird sentence to say it's very convoluted anyway the battery pack has 70.5 kilowatt hours of usable energy uh 230 miles of range a little bit less for the 350 um yeah you know it's it's i feel like it's if this car came out three years from now i don't think mm -hmm. the 230 miles of range would matter i think everyone would be like oh, yeah whatever it's fine 230 it's i think right now um it might be a little tough to sell it, just a little. Um, but then again, the Polestar had less than 250, and people were buying that thing. So, you know, fingers crossed that people are are sort of figuring out that anything over 200 is 
I don't, you know what? I'd like to think that, but it's interesting. I've had just in the last couple of weeks, quite a few friends who said, Hey, would you go to an electric vehicle? Would you buy one? Like I'm looking at my next one being an EV and these are just normal Joes, you know, mm-hmm. no one fancy. And they all sort of still have that concern. Like, well, how far do you go? I'm like, how far away do you drive to work? Your office is, is 10 minutes from here. You drive to the office, you drive around a little bit, you come back. I said, when do you ever drive over 200, you know, 250, 300, 350 miles in a day? They're like, well, a road trip. I'm like, so how often is that? I'm like, you Once have a car. Twice right. a year. Like, yeah. And so it's, but it's funny when you say that to someone, when they're genuinely asking you and you tell them and they sort of have that moment of like, well, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't do that all the time. But I'm like, then go buy one. If you want one, buy it. Like you're, you're already at a, you don't need to, but I, the number of questions I get where people worry about that makes me think most people are still very worried about it. You yeah, know? that's it's the. Uh, I had the conversation with someone I was on a road trip with recently where we were driving 420 miles or something, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Well, until they hit 500 miles," and I was like, "No, that's that's." Yeah, I'm like, we're not going to drive straight through how, on this trip. Yeah, how how There's often? No way we're drive going 500 to... miles without In a pit stop, fil- right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how and, how big is your bladder? And honestly, if you're if you're like say like okay, say you went all in, you have two EVs, you do not want to have to stop on the once maybe twice a year road trip you go on where you would need to stop to charge because you just are not ready to stop, then rent a car that one time a year. Like, it's not like, you know, people have been renting cars to do road trips forever because you have too many people or you have too much stuff. You have a sedan at home. The sedan, you know, your Elantra is not going to take your family of four on a huge road trip with all their stuff. You rent something. Like, still, the net-net, just rent a car for the odd occasion that you think you need something and you just do not want to stop and have to charge and worry about finding a charging station. It's not that hard. It's like a couple times a year. If we're going further than three hours away from our house for a trip and we're taking the dogs, we rent a van. Like, we could stick him in the back of the Kona and do it, but we're like, nah, dogs won't be comfortable for that long. It's not even a range thing, and it's only because of the dog. Right? So, I mean, like, people rent cars like you for the dogs. It's like, that's rental cars are out there for more than just, like, I've flown to another town and need a car. You can use them for road trip stuff. You can use them for other things. I feel like if you're nervous about it, God, just, just rent a car for those few occasions. And I think then people will be, realize genuinely how few times they really need to have something like how many times do you think well i'm just gonna rent a car instead not very often you're gonna realize it doesn't really happen that often that you need something or you truly want something that has a ridiculous number of miles and is bigger and of course when i was doing that long trip i was worried about gas the entire time like oh this is gonna yeah. be so expensive <laughs> i have i have a ford expedition coming for a road trip i'm doing next weekend which is great because i have a lot of people but i'm like Oh God! What does that get? Like one MPG? <laughs> <laughs> and even you know, even if you live in New England, you know where it gets very cold in the winter time, and you've got to crank up the heat, you know, and the window defoggers and things like that. You you're still gonna have with 200 miles, you're still gonna have plenty of range for you know whatever you need to do. Well, and the reality is, like you're right because you do lose some range when you have cold weather, but most of the time. For most people that have a lot of people that have families or doing, how often do you do road trips in the winter? You normally, if you're doing a road trip, it's the summer. I mean, you do do them in the winter, but like families, you're going in the summer when you've got the kids out of school. You know, the, the winter road trip is not as common. So it's, it's like an even less of an issue. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. So yeah, there's a EQB 230. Um, it's good car. You know, it's like the GLB. The GLB is a good car. It's a modular platform, so they can put, you know, 
a, G, uh, a GLB AMG. They can throw a hybrid in there, and they can throw the uh, the EV powertrain in there as well. So it's it's a yeah, good for good for Mercedes on doing that. We'll see how how well it does. Um, I also drove while. Well, I- hold on before before you. Oh move wait. On. Um, when when does the EQB go on sale in the U.S.? Oh, summer. The like summer now? or next summer? The summer. Oh, okay. Oh. So I mean, yeah. that's very soon. Because it's like it's there's just not much summer twenty twenty two summer. <laughs> yeah, it just says and, summer twenty twenty two. And did oh, you say okay. what the pricing is going to be on that? Yeah, at the beginning I said fifty four five hundred okay. for the three hundred and fifty eight. A uh, thousand for the three fifty. Pay okay. attention, Sam. Sorry. <laughs> uh, wait, what was I? Oh yeah, EQXX. So uh, then I went to Emendingen, and then I drove the EQXX, their concept vehicle that gets they built to get one thousand uh, kilometers per charge uh, from a battery pack that is less than one hundred kilowatt hours. They won't tell you how much less. They say it's like near ninety nine point nine eight five. Yeah, exactly. So um, earlier this year in April, they did six hundred twenty one miles on a single charge, going through the Alps from Germany down to um, France. And then they're like, "Oh, you know what? We can do this again." So then they did seven hundred forty seven miles of range from Stuttgart down to Silverstone, uh, not down across over to Silverstone in the UK. Um, and they, you know, they did have to use the Euro tunnel. So, you know, it's not a, it's not a hydroplane car. It's not a magic hybrid flying car, <laughs> boat car. But, um, yeah. At, and so on that trip, they were doing 7.5 miles per kilowatt hour, which is. That's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. 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 It is. So, so they let me drive it because I don't know, they've lost their minds. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, but but I think to drive it on like public roads. We're again Immendingen. I just love saying it now. I know, I know how. Every time you say it, I'm like, go, Ravi, you got them. <laughs> they have a you know these big test tracks. They're best, and so they have just roads that we drive along. And it's funny because you're driving, and then like a little sign will pop up, and it's like a little flag of like Japan, Korea, China. Like it's like it it recreates those roads in that portion of the track. So you're just like, oh, I'm in Italy. <laughs> oh, I'm in France. <laughs> I'm in China. I'm in Korea. It was funny because Korea, you could tell that um, one side was like a nice Korean road and then the other side was the rest of the Korean roads. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not the side I was driving on. <laughs> like one side was pretty messed up. It's like Korean roads can be pretty hardcore, like messed up. Um, yeah, no, it was fun. It was fun to drive. A, you know, it's a vehicle with it, – it, it is it – is, I was really surprised how close to production feeling it felt. For a concept car, a concept test car, there's only one. There's only one in the entire world, <laughs> and they let me drive it. As and it they feels, have a lot well, of faith in there, you. There, there, there is, there's one that's got finished bodywork and interior and everything. I'm pretty sure that there are at least several others that are, you know, mules that have all the oh. hardware for oh, no, here's, and everything. Well, you know, the hardware for development is actually an Emma, which is an EQB. Okay. <laughs> So they got an EQ, they got a, a GLB, they ripped out all of its electric, uh, gas parts, and all the all the, the drivetrain, the rear-wheel drive, the battery, everything that's in the EQXX is in this GLB, and it's called Emma. Okay. And so that is their test mule. Is and so instead of having to build two EQXXs, they built they have Emma, which you know they have. I guess they have a couple of these. Um, those GLBs they use for mules, and this one specifically for the EQXX. And so before they did the initial trip in April in the EQXX, they did it in Emma. 
and they had to stop and get you know charged because mm-hmm. you know it's not it doesn't have the uh, it doesn't have the uh, the drag coefficient obviously of a, of an EQXX. But yeah, no. So I got to drive Emma as well. So I got to drive like, really weird, <laughs> like like Frankenstein vehicle <laughs> around. It was uh, it was it was it was interesting because they're like, oh yeah, it's Emma. They're not quite sure. It's like mod. It's like something E, and then like modular something something something. And so they're like, we're not really sure like what Emma stands for. <laughs> but there we go. But it works so. <laughs> Which, so we like it. But we like seem very un-German. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the top. So the. So yeah. No. It was. It was like I thought. They, so they have like a bunch of like design versions of it. Like that don't move. Mm-hmm. It's just like air some pits and pieces, and it looks nice. And I did stand-ups in front of those because, um, if you, you know, all other journalists were driving the EQXX. Um, <clears throat> and uh, what's what's interesting is that it's it looks like this like supercar, you know, supercar sports car, but it's really a, a, you know an efficiency vehicle. So it gets a top speed of like 85 miles an hour. Oh. And the uh, it only it has 241 horsepower. And the way that the um, <clears throat> the acceleration is mapped is it has it doesn't have that crazy uh, EV torque at the beginning, so it sort of eases into it, and then the uh, torque band goes up like later on. Do you on. miss that? Would you like the crazy EV torque, or are you glad that it doesn't have it, that? It felt like it felt fine, really, to be honest. Um, you know, when I hit it, I, it, it is kind of nice to have that because you can scare your friends. Um, <laughs> And then when you're on the but when you're when you're when you're going and you hit it, then it's there. And so I think okay. it was just to, to like help to make sure that they get the most efficient vehicle possible, but it's still drivable, it's still gonna, you know, take off um, when you need it. It has a, it's built on a nine hundred volt architecture while the rest of the Mercedes lineup the real lineup is four hundred volt, which gives me a, a good feeling that hopefully will Mercedes be moving to an eight hundred volt or nine hundred volt system. In the in the near future, just because that 400 volt system really sort of it sort of uh, it keeps you constrained when it comes to DC fast charging. The fastest you can go is mm-hmm. 200, but most everyone's stuck down at 190 uh, kilowatts of uh, of charging. Um, it has passive cooling. It's very comfortable inside, and it has like shag carpet, and it just <laughs> how looks big really is it? Cool. It has shag <clears throat> carpet. Is it like <clears throat> avocado green? Harvest gold. No, it's like blue. <laughs> it's everything's blue because you know everything green is blue. Um, and what? How, oh, how big has, is it? The I don't know. It's like yay big. <laughs> yay big. He's holding his hands. C class size, a little bigger, a little smaller. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably like. Uh, well, probably it's smaller. Probably like E C. Some more like like to- a CLA. Yeah, 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 more like a CLA. It has back seats, but I don't think any humans could sit back there. Okay. It's a, it's a coupe, like a proper coupe. It doesn't have four doors. It has two doors. Um, it has this gigantic, uh, how big is it? It's 40, I'm sorry, I didn't even look at my notes. I'm trying to find it in my notes. I know I wrote it down. Maybe I wrote them down somewhere else. Anyway, 40 plus inches, one giant screen across the front from pillar to pillar, and it's it's actually it's actually really cool because it'll show you like the wind dist- like where the wind's coming from and the speed. Um, because like, that's where the- something I often wish. Jeez, well, they, which direction is the wind coming for from? For them, right like they can they can look at it and determine like how efficient the vehicle is going to be going against the wind versus with a tailwind with this, you know. Oh, so they, do they factor that into the range estimation yeah. to yeah. give and you then more they have range estimation? And then they tell you they, you can tell where the sun is, like the angle of the sun. 
because it has uh, solar panels on top, which add like 25. It adds 25 kilometers, but the reality is is that it adds 25 kilometers by not making the vehicle's battery pack power the infotainment system and the HVAC system. Okay. So really? that powers so the it's using that so for ancillary sun, systems. Yeah. The sun powers the infotainment system. So the sun powers the electronic bits. Yeah. And Not then so it tells there. you like, you know, your drag coefficient as you're driving and it shows you when, you know, your passive coolings open and close and when um, active, uh, the active uh, aerodynamics are, are, are out or open and all this stuff. And it looks really, really nice. Like they didn't have to make it look this nice. <laughs> so clearly it at looks some, good. It looks really, really good. You're like, this is like the, like the most interactive, like the most information out of a, an infotainment system. And a lot of like the real, the details are way over on the passenger side because the thing is so wide, which is for the, you know, the passenger to like make notes. Oh, okay. We're driving on this road. And, um, <laughs> but overall, I mean, this is a, it's, it's a, it's a really, really fun, cool car. It's always fun to drive concept cars. Um, again, it's really close to, to, uh, what I say to what, to what a production car will be, but they're not going to sell you an EQXX. Don't, don't, yeah. They, they don't have, Mercedes, we don't have plans to bring this car to market. Ever? Which, well, we don't have plans. We don't have plans, which makes me feel like, well, maybe they do have plans. We don't have plans, but if enough journalists say we really like this and enough people like on Maybe the internet say – Maybe then they would have plans? Yeah, like they would have like, you know, a less – you know, obviously not a you – know, however billions of dollars it costs to build this one. Like, you know, a short run, you know, 100 a year, maybe 1,000 because it's a 1,000-kilometer car. Um well, now it's more than that. Seven hundred forty-seven miles is a lot. Uh, but overall, uh, no, nah, it was it was really it, it, a, a great concept vehicle, and um, you know it's always fun to drive those. But it's more important that a lot of the tech that's in this vehicle will make its way into the uh, Mercedes-Benz lineup, which should make everything more efficient. Which, again, hopefully they'll they'll hit up hit a eight hundred or nine hundred volt system in the near future. Yeah, they they do have a new. Uh, vehicle platform coming out in 2024, the modular, which is, which is going to be an EV, and you know, so this, you know, most of the technologies you see in this thing will probably be in that vehicle. Yeah, it's pretty great. If you if you go to a car show and it's there, go look at it. It's just it's it's just a beautiful car, and you know, they could have just made a teardrop, or I guess it's supposed to be a raindrop, but for some reason in my brain, because I listened to the Smiths too much growing up, it's a it's teardrop. Always, it's a teardrop. <laughs> that that perfect you know drag coefficient vehicle is a teardrop, or a raindrop. Sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
Um, I also um, had uh, had some time last week with an electric vehicle, which I will get to in a minute. But first, before we went on vacation, when we when we were last recording, I was driving the new 2023 Nissan Z. Uh, no numbers now, just Z. That's all it is. No, no 400 Z or anything else. Just Z. Um, and um, uh, I had driven it for a couple of hours back in early June, I think it was, maybe late May. Um, really enjoyed the car um, and got to spend a whole week with it, you know, see what it's like to live with. Um, and it's still really good. It, this is a great sports car. Like, you know, it's a lot of what's underneath in terms of the platform is it's not entirely new. You know, there's a lot of carryover bits, but they've been refined and improved uh, from the previous Generation Z, which is fine because there was not really much wrong with that. Um, they, uh, the powertrain is the three liter twin turbo V6 that has been in some of the Infinities and the Q50 and the Q60. Um, not Redline, I forget what the, the branding is that they use, but the, high, the higher performance versions of the Q, Infinity Q50 and Q60 sedans. Is it so, Red Sport? Red no. Sport, that's is it. Is it Red, Red Sport? Sport? Okay. Yes, that's the one. I was like, um, wait, what is so, it? <laughs> so it's a, it's a 400 horsepower uh, twin turbo V6, 350 foot-pounds of torque. It feels a lot stronger than the old 370Z naturally aspirated V6, uh, even though it's only three liters now. Um, it's the same wheelbase as, as before. Uh, the car itself, the body is a couple of inches longer than before, so there's a little bit more overhang. But you know, I really like the design of this one. Uh, it's it's modern, but you know, there's some cues that harken back to old Z's of old. And I took it to a, a Cars and Coffee on a Saturday morning uh, here in, in Birmingham, and uh, I had it parked next to. Uh, uh, one of the guys from Autoblog had brought a 911 GT3, the brand new one, and I had it parked next to that one. And there were probably a lot more people taking a look at the Nissan because this was in the the blue that they have, which is a, a fantastic shade of blue. Um, a lot more. Uh, oh, Sierra Sierra blue is what they call it. Sierra, ooh, that's yeah. fancy. Uh, and uh, you know, since very few people had seen it in person up to that point. It was garnering a lot more attention than the 911. You know, even though it was a you know high end 911, you know, people see 911s. You know, at that car. 911s and 911s and 911 and 911. You know, there's there's always at least you know eight or ten at a minimum 911s at, at that cars and coffee event, um, and you know you see them all the time. So you know, this was the first time most people were seeing the the Z in per, the new Z in person, and. Uh, you know, people really seem to like it. And I had a great time driving this thing. Uh, I had the one with the manual transmission. There's two in the, the local fleet here. One's an automatic. The other one's a manual. I had the manual. Um, this is the uh, the launch edition. Uh, or, yeah, I think it's the launch edition is what they're calling it or something like that. Uh, so it also had the blue interior that matched the exterior. Uh, you know, very, very flashy looking. Um the uh, the price on this one was fifty three thousand two hundred and ten dollars, uh, including delivery charges. Base price on the the Z is forty thousand dollars, which is actually pretty reasonable for the level of performance that you get. You know, it's it's quite a bit cheaper than a Supra, um, and uh, you know has similar or better performance, um, arguably better looking 
than the Supra. Certainly a, a cleaner looking design. You know, it's not not quite as over designed in in some respects, um, and uh, it's got uh, it carries over some of the features uh, from before. Like for example, if you're less comfortable driving a manual transmission really fast, it still has the uh, the synchro rev matching uh, for shifting. So you know if your if your heel and toe technique is not quite up to par. Uh, it'll it'll do the rev matching with the uh, the engine as soon as you move the uh, the shifter, um, and so it makes makes driving a lot smoother that way. Uh, it's got a mechanical limited slip differential. It's a nine inch touchscreen, wireless Apple CarPlay and, and Android Auto support. Um, and when you look at this thing, you wouldn't think that there's actually that much luggage room. But my wife and I took this car to we dropped it off at the airport when we were heading out on our vacation, and there was. Plenty of room in the back for two standard carry-on cases, plus a couple of backpacks, and we could have... Really? That yeah. surprises me. I would think that there would be barely enough room for the backpacks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's because uh, it, it's it's a fairly long cargo area. It's mm-hmm. not real deep, but we could la- I could lay down two back two two suitcases in there, and then yeah. the backpacks on either side, you know, in in the corners. Uh, the back I guess corners I can there. see that. Okay, um, that's cool. So you, you've got a you know, it's it's not a real deep, but it's it's a fairly broad. Uh, cargo area, because uh, then uh, I, you know, when I got the car, I explicitly took the the suitcases out there because I wanted to figure out if I needed to <laughs> m- arrange for alternate transportation to the airport or, yeah, or if, if you could, could drop that one like, off at the airport. Get them so, all, like Jenga them in there somehow. Yeah, no, I didn't take any Jenga action. Just you know, drop them in there, fit perfectly. So you know, it was great. Um, so you know, it's a it'd be a great car for you know weekend getaway for for a couple. Um, you know, take you know take what you need. Um, what else? I, I uh, oh, I oh, did, I did the, the uh, uh, um, did my, did my uh, paddleboard, uh, paddleboard test. test. Um, uh, my my roll up, roll up uh, my, my inflatable, inflatable paddleboard, paddleboard fits yes. in the back, back as well. As well. So there's room for that. So it's like an SUV at this point. It's practically an SUV. You might as well trade in your Pathfinder and get it easy. Exactly. Same thing. Same thing. Maybe just drives nicer. That's it. That's right. You know, you don't want to take five kids along. You know, leave them at home. Exactly. The kids can take water. Just grab your significant other. Go for a drive. That's great. I got about 19 miles per gallon with it, which is about one less. The EPA label is 20 for the manual. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, decent, decent, but 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 not not, not great, great fuel economy. economy but, you know, this, this, this is a toy. It's a, a sports car, car. so it's, yeah. Yeah, it's what, what you'd expect. expect, right? Uh, and uh, so it was it was a lot of fun to drive. I really enjoyed this car, and yeah, if I was looking to buy a new sports car right now, um, this is definitely this would definitely be near the top of the list of from what's available right now. You know, that is relatively attainable. Um, looks great, drives great, um, and you know has has you know kind of the modern amenities that you expect in a, in a new car. Um, so I dropped off the Z at the airport at Detroit Metro Airport. Mm-hmm. See you later. Uh, Sorry, I've waited the entire time to <laughs> say I'm that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always going to drop yeah. it off. He's going to talk about how I got rid of it. <laughs> and we uh, we got on a plane, flew out to uh, San Francisco, uh, and from there I picked up. A Ford Mustang Mach E GT um, uh, performance edition, actually. So the the highest end of the the high end Mach E's. Fancy, and, fancy, yeah, fancy. Well, it it, it 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 took a little <laughs> finagling. Um, we we had to switch cars a couple of times uh, before the trip. Uh, I was originally going to have a um, uh, Polestar two. 
Um, and I got a call from the fleet company on, on Friday and said, yeah, um, that car uh, got uh, damaged on a previous loan. It's in the shop waiting for oh, some no. parts. Um, and Ew. so I got I was going to get a regular Mach-E, uh, not the GT, uh, because the GT wasn't going to be available till the second day of our trip uh, when we were already going to be up north. Uh, and then something happened. Oh, that one had a, a, a tire that needed replacing, and they were they had to wait a couple of days for a tire. Uh, so um, they put me in the they, they moved things around and got me the GT uh, in time for our arrival at, uh, at SFO. And uh, we hopped in, drove that one up north, uh, drove up to uh, first to Santa Rosa, grabbed some groceries, and then turned west uh, into the redwood forests of, of Northern California. Um, and the, the, the GT Performance Edition is only rated at 260 miles. The regular GT is 270 miles of range. Um, and if you look at a map of where charging stations are in this region of Northern California, or actually a lot of places, you'll find that there are lots and lots of public charging stations and there's like DC fast charging stations every 10 miles all the way up 101. But as soon as you get more than about two or three miles away from Highway 101, mm-hmm. there's nothing. I mean, it's there, desolate. It's, it's a desert. There, no charging no, for you. No public charging. There, in the, the whole region where we were staying, there were like two hotels that had uh, Tesla destination chargers, which are their their AC their twenty or forty amp AC chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least on the map, there was no um, you know no non Tesla chargers anywhere in the entire region. So we stopped at at, at uh, Whole Foods. Grabbed some groceries. There was an EVGo charger there. Plugged it in, topped it off uh, there, and you know, in about uh, 20 minutes while we were getting our getting our groceries, and then we headed uh, headed west to uh, the place we were staying, uh, which was a little place in the middle of the forest, uh, right next to a creek. And fortunately, when we got there, um, it turns out that there was a plug on the outside of the house. And the cord was just long. The cord with the car was just long enough to reach from that plug to where I had the car parked, uh, with a, maybe about a foot to spare. And so I was able to keep it topped up uh, there, you know, just off of a 120 volt outlet, and that that worked out fine. Um, the uh, the the GT, you know, I know there have been people that have driven the GT on the track um, and were less impressed by its its handling behavior and, and everything else on a racetrack. Um, and when um, the Michigan State Police did their uh, annual um, testing of uh, police vehicles last fall, um, they in- included the, uh, the Mach-E GT, Ford, Ford supplied a Mach-E GT for them to test uh, for their, their work at uh, Gingerman Raceway in western Michigan. And, you know, they had some complaints about the way it behaved, uh, you know, in – in persistent high speed performance on the track. Um, but on the road, you know, I mean, the, this, this region, you know, the roads rarely go straight for more than, you know, a few hundred feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's lots of twists and turns. And, um, after not too long after we left Santa Rosa, my wife was saying, eh, can you back it off just a little bit there? Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, if, if you've ever, you know, ridden shotgun, you know, on roads like this, you know, it, it can be a little unsettling to your stomach. Uh, so I, I did back off a little bit. Um, and 
I was using the uh, the one pedal drive mode in the the Mach-E, and I was able to you know the that system in the Mach-E is the way it's tuned. It's very you can you can drive shockingly smoothly just modulating your foot on the accelerator pedal. You know, if you, as long as you're not like lifting your foot off the accelerator all the time, you know, just up and down. You can you can keep the amount of acceleration and deceleration to a minimum and still maintain a, a decent speed, but be much smoother. Um, and on the road, you know, while the the, the Mach E GT may not be the perfect track car, you know, on the road it's for something that weighs nearly five thousand pounds. Um, it does remarkably well. It, it you know, and it's the the performance edition. You get Magna Ride dampers on there, uh, which you know those those things are amazing. You know, they're you know, whatever you put those on, it always makes the car better. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we had a, a great time uh, with this thing uh, driving around uh, Northern California. You know, going to places like Bodega Bay and and Timber Cove and Marshall. We ate lots of oysters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lots of fresh oysters from Tomales Bay. Yum. Um, and just oh, good. You went to Tomales time. Bay. Okay. Yep. No. Um, and um, we went to uh, uh, Goat Rock Beach. Uh, one day we grabbed some sandwiches <gasps> from a place and went out to Goat Rock Beach where we went with the Infinity QX60. Yes. That's supposed to be like one of the most dangerous beaches in the universe as far as getting swept away if you're in the water. Yes. Like, they, that... they warn you, do not go in the water here. Yeah. <laughs> Northern California just kills people left and right. Yeah. I- it is, was, it, it's it's all quaint and beautiful, but the water hill just. When I first moved to the uh, San Francisco, I lived out by Ocean Beach, and there was just constantly like. And one day, like for about two months, I was like, "Does anyone talk about the fact that how often the water here just kills tourists?" <laughs> <laughs> so stay out of the water is what I'm trying to say. Unless you're a very good swimmer and you know you understand how the ocean works, don't don't don't. Just well, they don't. had a, they had us there, and it was like I, I was with another journalist, and she's taking Eileen, and she's like taking video, and I'm watching the water that's coming really close, and I'm doing I'm like she's gonna get washed away. I'm like doing this like, Eileen, Eileen, stop! And she literally gives me the one minute finger, like that. Mm, hold one minute, and I'm like, I tried to save your butt. You're on your own now, girl. Water like up halfway up her thighs, her shoes, and I was like, no. I tried to tell you, you didn't listen to me, and you almost died, but it's, uh, <laughs> but she didn't. She, she didn't. She survived. It was almost death. She's yeah. still here. She's still here. Yeah. Never turn your back on the ocean. Never turn. Yeah. My dad used to say <laughs> it all the time. Oh, really? No, it's true. It's the, the yeah, water it's a thing. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Under no, it's it's nuts. You, you yeah. Those be really those waves when those when a big one comes in. You know, I mean, there's a lot of power in that water. Um. So, uh, the efficiency of this thing. You know, driving up 101 to Santa Rosa and 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 back. Um. You know, driving it. Highway speeds, uh, the mach was getting about 2.7 miles per kilowatt hour, which is, is fine. Um, you know, it's pretty close to what the, um, the EPA label rating is. You know, that would work if I was – if I just did a full charge at 75 miles an hour, uh, then it would get about 245, 250 miles of range out of it. Um, when, uh, when we got off the highway – on you know the slightly lower speed um you know curvy stuff um it actually jumped up to about 3.7 miles per kilowatt hour over the course of the whole week we averaged about 3.3 which works out to about 300 miles of driving range so it's split roughly evenly between um highway and uh and and back road driving um could would have gotten about 300 miles out of a out of a full charge um which is is quite a bit better than the EPA label rating. Um, 
and uh, you know, really, really enjoyed driving this thing. One thing I did notice um, when we were heading north from San Francisco, I turned on the Blue Cruise, and um, one of the things, one of the complaints I've had with Blue Cruise on the F one fifty and and the Lightning is, and also on the um, uh, the Lincoln Navigator is, you know, they tend to have a, a relatively monochromatic color scheme, primarily blue, uh, for the instrument cluster. And, you know, we've talked about this before where, you know, it's not always immediately clear. Or it's not always so obvious when it's changing modes between hands-free and, and hands-on the wheel because uh, it doesn't change full colors. Um, the Mach-E, uh, the, when, the, when the headlights are off, the default color scheme for the instrument cluster is actually white. And then when the lights are on, it goes to gray. And then when you're um, in Blue Crew's hands-free mode, it goes to blue, so especially in, in daylight. But even at, even at night, uh, you can you can tell much more readily when it is switching mode between hands free and hands on. When when it wants you to put your hands on the wheel, it's much more obvious than it is in those other vehicles. So that's that's an improvement. The system's still not as good as Super Cruise GM Super Cruise, oh, but it's really it's def that 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 slight HMI difference is a big improvement uh, compared to the F-150 and the, and the Navigator. Um, so that is the, the Mach-E GT Performance Edition, which uh, the one, as I drove, priced out to $69,600, including the $1,100 destination charge, which is quite modest for her, uh, for a modern Ford. Um, right? Yeah. Um, Jeez. It was the base price for the GT is uh, fifty nine nine, um, and total of eighty six hundred dollars in options. So that got it to just shy of, of seventy grand, uh, which is not cheap. But uh, if you're looking for, you know, a midsize, fairly high performance crossover that's electric, uh, that gets decent range, uh, it's definitely one to take a look at. And there's also another direct competitor to this car coming uh, about a year from now. Yes. Um, the 2024 Chevrolet Blazer EV. Is it really a direct competitor or is the difference between the whole like aura of a Mustang versus Blazer two totally, entirely, completely different humans? Uh, I think by branding alone, I would definitely say that. Okay. But when you when you look at this vehicle, look at the specs, you know, look at you know clearly who it's intended. You know, the intended market for the Blazer EV is not is by no stretch of the imagination the same people who would have owned you know a, a K10 Blazer back in the 1970s or 1980s, you know, which was a big full size body on frame, you know, gas and en- V8 engined um, you know SUV, um, the the predecessor to the Tahoe. Um, this is, this is a completely different customer. And, you know, I, I really think that it, it very clearly is targeted at the Mach-E and the Model Y, you know, it's similar in size. They, they didn't give us the exact dimensions. You know, I saw it, um, it looks pretty close. Um, they, what they would say is that it's similar in size to the current gas engine blazer, um, which is about six inches longer than a Mach-E or a Model Y, um, but otherwise, you know, pretty similar overall. Um, the the limited amount of specs they gave us, you know, it's uh, it's it's pretty spot on, you know, with the range, with the the performance range that you're going to get 
with the uh, with the Mach E. The base model uh, is going to have a range of about 247 miles, which coincidentally is exactly what you get with the base Mach E. <laughs> um, the longest range uh, RS version. Um, or actually, I think it's the one LT is going to be is projected to be 320 miles, uh, and then variations in in between that, um, depending on which powertrain you get. One one thing that is unique about this, um, you know, with the Mach E, uh, you can get it as rear wheel drive or all wheel drive. Um, with the Blazer, you can get a front wheel drive, or you can get rear wheel drive or all wheel drive. So you can get the, really? the motors mounted wherever you want. Like whatever the heck you feel like, yeah. your poison. Oh, weird. Okay, yeah. why? Uh, why I don't make know. that? Why make that front wheel drive? Actually, I, th- I think I do know. I, I think the, probably the reason why they they offer the front wheel drive version is um, you know uh, you're going to be able to get more regenerative braking out of a front wheel drive vehicle than out of a rear drive vehicle because okay. your your front brakes do most of the work. Um, so. They probably just, they probably ran the numbers and realized okay if we do a front drive model we can get this thing up to 247 miles of range if we do a rear drive model we're maybe only going to get 230 and so they they probably decided okay we'll offer the front drive version uh, to get that that minimum range up that's there that's the fleet to, vehicle yeah so that's <laughs> with the standard range battery um, and the 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 front and the uh, front wheel drive we'll get 247 oh and Chevrolet did announce that they will be offering an official police package version of the Blazer EV. No kidding. Um, yeah. Was he going to so. sneak right up on you? You won't even know he's there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, did they have to turn they, – they, they, can they turn off the low-speed uh, jingle-jangle sound that they have to have on vehicles? Uh, the I don't know. But I feel like you'd have to because they're trying to be all stealthy, right? Going in because yeah. now I've turned it into a TV show. Every single cop's life. What if they're trying to be all stealthy, like sneaking into like where the bad guys are camped out? They want to be as quiet as they can, but then all of a sudden the car's going woo 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 as it's pulling in. I feel like that would not be helpful to their stealthiness. But I mean, they're stealthy not. in the gas cars right now, so it's like bruh, bruh. no. But like, if you had the stealth, why would you give up the stealth? You should be like, you know how you can disable auto start stop? You should, stop. You should be able to as disable the little beepy noise stealth. as a cop. Just, yeah, I, I just like it should the idea actually of the be a stealth mode. Coming up to people with their, their uh, ice cream truck t- type sounds. Like <laughs> 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 but the question is, do you really want cops sneaking up on you? No. Well, I'm not a bad guy, so I'm not worried about cops sneaking up That's on me. That's what you I think. Mean. That's what you think. There's a whole thing. I have a whole... You know you're not a bad guy. You think I you're not a bad guy. guy. That thing you're doing right now is probably illegal. That's the whole thing about... It's like, yeah, I have a whole long manifesto about not being a bad person or not doing things that people should be concerned about online. I'm like, oh, the reality is... But I'll... I'll but online is different than in my car. I don't think there's any no, it's EV the same co- thing. There's a lot of things. Cops. But they can't sneak up on me online. No, I'm talking about like I'm doing bad things out in the real world, and he's sneaking up to me as I'm, I don't know, what are you doing? And you're in an abandoned warehouse making drugs. I don't know, whatever you're doing. I'm not worried about that. I am not doing those real things. Well, you're in the warehouse making <laughs> drugs. You got the big long, you got the big drug making machine just running, clug, 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 clug. And I would have guys be working in the working in the basement anyway. of that, you know, in this underground. <laughs> Where yeah. underneath the uh, the laundry that uh, that services the, uh, the the New Mexico chicken joint. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, you get me. That's exactly it. So I'm thinking about that. I don't do that, even though I have a plan for it. I don't do that, so I don't need to worry about the cops. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't do that 
that we're aware of. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Seems like you're really, you're really like making a case that you're not doing that, which now makes me wonder. <laughs> so what, what do you think of the, uh, the design of the Blazer EV? It's fine. Oh, that's the worst answer. Well, it's, 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 I, I think it's nicer than it probably, to be honest, probably than it has to be. I, I think people think are going to buy it because they like the Blazer. I think the new Blazer looks really nice. I think this is like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, the thing that you made that looks nice is going to continue to look nice, and it'll be an EV. The, the first thing that struck me when I walked into the studio and saw this thing was the front signature lights which looked like they took them straight off of a Polestar or a Volvo. They looked just oh, like the Thor's Hammer Thor's lights. Hammer. <gasps> yeah. You're totally right. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Now that yeah. you said that. Thor's going to be so angry. <laughs> Thor's going to be ticked off. Uh, but uh, the the interior, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I think it's a good-looking vehicle. The interior look, you know, was on the, the show car that they had there, uh, was really nicely executed. Um, you know, big 17.7 inch center touchscreen, um, di- digital instrument cluster. Um, the uh, the one that they had there was uh, an SS, which is going to be the top top of the line model, uh, which is going to have like something like 556 horsepower, uh, so more more power than um, than the Mach E GT. Uh, but uh, you know, this also appears to be pretty. Cl- you know, it, it's going to be largely the same underneath as the Cadillac Lyric and the Lyric weighs 5,600 pounds. Um, the Mach-E GT is just under 5,000 pounds. My guess is that this thing, because it, you know, assuming it's a little bit bigger than the Mach-E, it's probably going to be somewhere in the 53, 5,400 pound range. So a little heavier than the, the Ford. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, so it's not going to be, you know, that that's going to eat into the efficiency a bit, um, but it's also got a little bit bigger battery. Uh, it's going to be the, the the large battery is going to be the same hundred kilowatt hour battery that's in the Lyric, and then one hundred and ninety kilowatt charging capability if you can find a charger that actually works at one hundred and ninety <laughs> kilowatt hours, one hundred ninety yeah. kilowatts. But we'll we'll get to that later, um, and uh, but you know all the all the usual features that you expect on a modern vehicle pricing for the one lt model is going to be four trims uh plus the cop car uh the one lt two lt rs and ss uh starts at about forty-five thousand and change uh including delivery for the one lt uh going up to uh i think about 67 or so 68 for the ss uh and uh then you know everything in between the the two lt and the rs launch in summer of 2023, so just about a year from now, uh, and then next fall uh, will be the SS, and then the One LT and the the police package launch in early 2024. We got a ways to go for this. Somehow I thought it'd be coming right. sooner. Yeah. So the cops aren't going to sneak up on it just yet. Not yet. I get a little more time from my drug Pretty den in the bottom of a den. warehouse. Yeah. Okay. I get about a year <laughs> to wrap that up. Okay. <laughs> All the money. Don't get greedy. Is what I'm if you learned anything from Breaking Bad, is that a, is that a he was always a bad guy, and b don't get greedy. That's what we're yeah. greedy. Don't get greedy. Don't get greedy. Okay. Yeah. He was. He was always bad at heart. He, he never he really all, broke bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> next up. Um, Scott Kehoe, Ford uh, VW of America, had a little reorganization uh, this week. 
Um, and Scott Kehoe, who's been head of Volkswagen of America for the last several years, um, is no longer um, going to be the CEO of VW North America. Uh, he is now in charge of Scout, which we talked about a few weeks back. Um, VW is relaunching the Scout brand, um, which they uh, acquired ownership rights to when they when Trayton, their commercial vehicle division, bought Navistar last year. Uh, and Navistar owned International Harvester and the Scout trademark. Uh, so they're relaunching Scout as an EV-only SUV and truck brand. Uh, and Scott Keogh is going to be in charge. What do you think? Scott, I like Scott. He, when he was running uh, Audi North America, when he went over to Volkswagen North America, but he's also like the guy who just says things that, that might be a little like he's like, you know what? SUVs aren't going to be like number one forever. Like stuff like that. Like <laughs> I can't have conversations <laughs> with him. He's very he's very forthcoming. He has a lot of, but he, I think he's I think for Scout this actually to me this makes Scout seem like more of a real thing that they're going to do. They're going to put somebody a known entity who knows what he's doing, and and I think is probably more suited to something that's new and exciting as opposed to jumping on the train that is Volkswagen America, which is just a mm -hmm. constant moving thing. The ID4 is a, is a fine, fine vehicle, except for the infotainment stuff, which they finally fixed and some of the cleverness. But it's also, you know, it's, it's not that exciting. It's not as exciting as stuff that's happening over at Audi. Um, so I, I, we'll see. I, I think this is good for Scout. Um, I don't know how Scott feels about this. He might, like, but... He might be excited about the idea of like getting off this giant monster train and jumping on something new and exciting. So we'll see. I think it'd be kind of exciting to take take the reins of a, of a a name that's coming back and coming back as an EV company or an EV. You know, I think that could be exciting for him. I think it'll. I, I don't. I think it is only good for Scout. I don't think it's going to be a negative. I think it's a positive. Uh, I'm, I'm I mean, you know, the Scout. You know the the international scout's been gone since the early 1980s, so it's been gone you know 40 years. Yeah. Uh, as a new vehicle, you know, there's still a, a base of fans for Scout. I mean, there's people that love Scouts. Mm -hmm. But do you think that this is a brand that you know has enough recognition that you know it's actually going to gain any traction? I don't. I don't think it almost is like it doesn't really. I mean, there'll be people who will recognize it. I recognize it only because someone. I think of it as the kid my best friend's, I mean, the car my best friend's dad drove like in years ago when I was really little. And that's my only memory of that brand. I didn't even know it was still around as late as it was. So I don't think there's necessarily like a huge legion of people that'll flock to it because, oh, Scout is back. But I just think it's neat to have the, the, the lure of a new brand name for the people who don't know that it existed before. Now it's something cool and new and EV only. I, I think it's, I think it'll take a little bit of what it had and then add to it for people who don't know. I don't think it's going to make a difference, but I still think it's cool. You have a new thing. People will look at it and think, oh, it's a new direction. They're doing something new. It's cool. What's this all about? I, I mean, the reality is most people didn't care about the, 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 the old school Bronco until the new Bronco was coming out. Like people yeah. just like like the the people right. who were in the old school Broncos were in the old school Broncos. Right. But everyone else was just like, well, whatever. Um, so, and it gives, you know, it gives Volkswagen and, and, and Scott and the, you know, that whole team over there, the opportunity to go after Bronco, to go after Jeep, to go after Land Rover with an mm -hmm. EV. Like we're, we, you know, we get to go after these, these, these companies 
that are making these off-road vehicles, and we're going to go after them with an EV and try to get there. You know, I don't know if they're going to get there first. Who knows how long it's going to take to get the Bronco on an EV platform? Or um, I'm sure they've probably said something, but you know, things are always moving now in our crazy supply chain world. Um, but yeah, I think you know, Volkswagen got a lot. Of, you know, the ID Buzz became this huge big deal, and really the only people who cared about the the ID Buzz for a long time were hippies and surfers. <laughs> Yeah, and so, you know, the the micro buses were less like oh, and then all of a sudden they came out like, like oh yeah, I remember, you know, my my pot smoking high school sophomore like girlfriend had one of those or you know something <laughs> like that was a cool thing. Oh, I I completely forgot about how cool some things were back in you know were in the day. I mean, those things were probably death traps, but you know everyone wants one now, and you know, so it's you know it's, it's gone from enthusiast vehicles of old into something that people really like and i think the bronco is really sort of like shown that you can take an old enthusiast vehicle and make it into something crazy and i think Mm -hmm. volkswagen if they don't mess it up can do that with the scout okay and uh you know one of the interesting things is that you know this is not just being established as another brand for vw group but actually as a as a separate company it's a separate a separate business unit that um is wholly owned by volkswagen but uh, you know, is is, a, is an independent company. Um, so Scott's going to be running this company, and I'll be curious. To, I'm I'm guessing that you know one of the things that they're going to do, since this is an EV only startup, technically a startup company with no no dealer network, that um, they will not have franchise dealers uh, when they when oh. they launch. They'll they'll probably follow the Tesla model of having. Um, of of having company owned retail outlets um, that can focus just on off road EVs. Yeah, if you want someone who's going to spin up a company who knows a lot about uh, automotive and the VWA, it's Scott. Yeah, I mean he's a marketer at heart. I mean he yeah. when I, I mean, first encountered him, he was yeah. And you know when when I first met him at when he was at Audi, he was uh, he was head of marketing at Audi, and I mean he's always been a marketer at heart. So. Be, it'll be interesting to watch over the next several years. I think I think it's probably gonna not we're not gonna see Scout launch vehicles until about twenty twenty five or twenty six. So he's got got some time. Yeah, it'll be yeah. I'm like, I'm I I'm, I I just remember I really like the Scout. Those, yeah. those things. <laughs> I don't remember how well they how you know. It seems like my friend my friend was horrible at taking care of his car and it kept it kept running. But you know it was also you know the eighties and nineties. His dad probably fixed it for him. <laughs> Well, I mean, they were they were pretty simple vehicles. You know, you could it didn't take much to keep them running. That's good. Yeah. Um, all right, Mercedes uh, again. Uh, you mentioned drive, that you you know, tried out Drive Pilot last year uh, over in Germany, um, and <clears throat> sounds like they're getting ready to uh, start launching it here in the U.S. Uh, by middle of next year. Um, what do you think? about drive pilot robbie this is an l3 system that lets you so, not watch the road i've done two drive pilots at eamon deegan um i did the one at uh, this one that we're talking about that's on what was uh, it where did you do that again i'm sorry what was the name of the place oh, okay just checking um and i've done one in la uh the one in la was with uh, i did i wasn't behind the wheel the ones in in germany i was behind the wheel um it's it's uh it's a really smart 
good system, you can actually have your hands off the wheel, and you can actually like do other things on the, you know, and in the car, or read a book, or use your phone, and then it says, hey, oh, by the way, you need to take over, and it gives you time to take over. Um, it is sensor tastic. There's a lot of sensors on there. Sensor-tastic. You know, there's there's lidar. There's there's a sensor that tells you when it's raining. It's under. It's in the wheel well. When it detects rain, it'll turn the system off because you can't. You're not allowed to use it in the rain. It has high definition like GPS. It has you know it uses all these different satellite systems to make sure you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Um, there's a lot of tech in it. It and it's you know it's it's true level three. And then at the end of the day, I cannot stop looking at the road. <laughs> <laughs> I've been you just in it. Can't break the and we're, they, you know, the the two times I was in Germany, it was, you know, they they had a whole, they created like freeway traffic on the track. So they had a big truck, they had a, like an emergency vehicle, they had all these, they had people cut in front of you, they had all these things that would happen that the car would have to react to, and it did all the things like it was supposed to. It didn't act weird, and you know. It didn't, you know, slam into anything, which means they trust it. And, they, you know, I was behind the wheel, so they're like, well, good luck. Um, but at the end of the day, I, 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 when I was telling them, like, how hard is it for you to not look at the road? Because it's, 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 it, it, it goes, it flies in the face of everything that you do when you're behind the wheel, which is mm-hmm. paying attention. Um, and I, I, I think initially people will probably be fine, you know, have difficulty. But then after about two months... They'll be like, oh yeah, on their phones and you know playing Tetris on. I play Tetris in one. I there's a browser you can oh, watch geez. video. I watch a video of Drive Pilot inside the car doing Drive Pilot. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as the system turns back on, it says, hey, you need to take over. All that shuts. You can't. You can't access it anymore. So if I'm driving and let's say an emergency vehicle comes up behind me, um, as soon as it recognizes that emergency vehicle, it tells you you have to take over. And so anything you're doing on that screen, that screen goes back to like the home Done. screen. It's like, hey, no, you gotta, you gotta, and it has the little lights on the You're back in charge wheel, now. and yeah, it, it, it's, it's very good at telling you like what to do, and um, that said, I, I don't know how that's gonna work with the U.S. regulate with the U.S. laws because it might like, yeah, you can, you can just, you can deploy it in California and Nevada, which you know they'll probably be the first places that'll do it. Um, but what it, I mean, you still have a cell phone law. You can't have your cell phone in your hand. And we're supposed to tell your car. Oh, oh by I the way, about that. my like, car <gasps> is really fancy. I don't have. I can use my phone, and the cops will be like, uh, and they can sneak it up on you <laughs> with their little blazer. Um, stealthy blazer's <laughs> gonna sneak up on blazer. you. Uh, yeah, I mean, with the store hammer lights. The store hammer lights. Like, oh, oh my god, chaos. is that a Volvo? No. Oh, oh god, no, it's a blazer. <laughs> it's a cop in a blazer. Oh, oh god, it's a Swedish cop. Oh no, wait, never. Mind. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, you know, I, in, in, using your reading a book, like all these things that you that they're that you're. Well, there's no law against reading a book while you drive in California, right? Just you're, not you're your not, phone. You can't have anything. You're not supposed to have anything in your hands. Hands really. free. It's a hand. It's yeah, your hands thing. have to be free. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, so you. But you, you can can't take like a sip of your like soda or something. You can take, you yeah. your cheeseburger. Why? So where do you draw the line? Yeah, can, can, can you so get can the, you get the Kindle app on the screen in the car in the Mercedes? Uh oh, maybe. I'm sure they'll you probably be reading a book. You can just watch movies, I guess, the whole time. Because I know Mercedes has a deal with a supplier, a supplier called Forcia um, that has uh, an alternate Android app store called Aptoid um, that they're going to be integrating in some in their future cars. So you know maybe you can get the the you know the Kindle Android app running on the center screen in your car, so you can you can read 
while you're, you know, while DrivePilot is, is uh, yeah. taking care of the work. And if there's a web app for it, you can just load up yeah. the web. There's a browser, so oh, you can just oh, load okay. that. Well, there you go. Yeah. If you got a, yeah, you can just do it in the browser. You throw, you throw, throw Zoom in the browser, you know, do all these things. But yeah, it's this like, what can you, can you have your phone in your hand? Can you not have your phone in your hand? How do you, how do they de- determine whether or not, like, oh, do I pull that gov? Oh, wait, was, does he have a special Mercedes? And you have to look for that little bulge in the back for that. My God, that would be Jeep. stupidly complicated. Now that you say yeah. this, you're totally 100% right. To make this work, the level of complication is going to be absurd. Well, and this is one of the reasons why, you know, back in 2018, when when Audi launched the current generation A8, you know, at the time that they announced it, they announced this traffic jam pilot system. And, you know, this was the A8 was the first one to be equipped with LiDAR. And it's actually the same LiDAR sensor, uh, Vallejo Scala LiDAR sensor that Mercedes is using. Um, And they were going to have, you know, the same kind of level three capability that you have with drive drive pilot. Um, And. They ultimately decided, no, we're we're not we're not actually going to launch this because <laughs> you've got different laws, you've got this patchwork of laws in all these different states, and you know we can't make it work everywhere. So, screw it, we're just we're just going to give up. So now they have a UN like rule right. that that it, it adheres to, but the two countries that don't adhere to that rule are the United States and China, which are two yeah. huge, huge, huge markets, huge markets. for Mercedes for well for everyone really. But for, especially for Mercedes for as a luxury brand. And so you're just like, okay, so now they have to, like, figure out, like, okay, in this state and this state. And they have to geofence it. And, you know, it's – it's if you – especially in L.A., if you live in L.A. and you have to go 10 miles, that's going to take three hours, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you're just sitting there in yeah, the I mean, car. A 37-mile-an-hour thir- <laughs> speed limit on the 405 is no big deal. I mean, you'd never get there. You'll so. never get there, yes. Yeah, so it's – you know, you, you, you're just sitting there for a long time. And you could get work done, and you could get work done without like putting others in danger and yourself in danger. Um, it's just the sort of like figuring. Like I, I don't think you're going to be able to use your phone legally mm-hmm. um, in these, just because you know the average you know Swedish cop in a in a Chevy Blazer um, is not. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I thought it was a Volvo. Um, is not going to know that your car is a level has level three. You know what I mean? It's hand, you know, the hands free thing. They're like, you know, no one's pulling you over for that. You know, or we'd be getting people pulled over for Super Cruise all the time. Um, but if you're like, you know, if I'm just sitting there with my phone in my face, just like. Yeah, if you're just like staring at it. Well, you know, the thing is, I mean, unless you, you're holding your hands up in the air, or, you know, you got them you know, behind your head. You know, with, with Super Cruise, you usually can't tell, you know, if somebody's got their hands on the wheel. You know, they might be on the bottom of the street. Right, because people anyway. put their hand on the bottom of the wheel all the time and you can't tell. Yeah. yeah. Like, where are you supposed to put your hands anyway in this, this situation? Like, yeah. when you're, in Super like, Cruise, I just lay them, like, on my lap and they're right next to the wheel. But it feels that's really what I do weird. Too. Like, like, mm-hmm. I, with just my hands in my lap, I feel like, like... Or then like, I, you're you know what happens awkwardly in a photo. Like I don't know where to put my hands. It's just on my lap. Okay, I just set them up. Once I'm done doing the testing on the curves that I know that are difficult and the areas that I know are difficult, my hands end up just back on the wheel. Cause like, where else am I going to put them? Where else are you going to put your yeah. head in my pockets? Like, and then you're sitting down. Like, what do you do? You know, like, you know, cross my cross my arms. Like, mm. <laughs> Thinker. Yeah. What do you do with? Yeah. So no, it's it. I, you know, I think it's it. You know, Mercedes Benz is doing. The right thing, being super careful and being super yeah. safe with this, uh, testing it with, uh, you know, actual engineers to know what they're doing as opposed to just randos. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I know they, they were trying to get this in California by the end of this year, but I guess that's not, you know, you know, to everything, happen. everything takes longer than you, than you think in, yes, uh, it is. in this yes, stuff. Yes, it does. So. 
All right. Um, Nicole, when we were down oh, in, Plano, in Plano yes. back in June. <laughs> for Nicole. To, to, I feel for, singled uh, out. For the Toyota Palooza. Toyota Palooza, uh, yes. One, at one point in there, they uh, they took us into a secret room secret in Toyota room. headquarters. They put they tape us, over our phones. No, they put well, them in little bags, They put them in little They sealed them up in little yeah, bags yeah. so we couldn't take pictures or record anything. Mm-hmm. And they showed us two cars, um, yes. one of which we can talk about now. Yes. Um, the Toyota Crown coming Toyota back to Crown. America for the first time in 50 years. Yes. So it's coming back and nobody knows it was here anyway because 50 years ago. Like, nobody <laughs> yeah. knows. Everybody's like, it's a brand new car. I'm like, well, only for us. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. So the crown is back. Okay, so I actually like how it looks. I like the crown. I feel like when I look at the design of it, I like the design. Let me preface this by saying I like it. But I kind of feel like they took, like, a crossover. Like, you know, the clay molds they show us, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, and the, one of the guys just accidentally leaned on the back window. And it's was like, whoops. And they're like, oh, no, wait, let's leave it just like that. Like, they just squinched it down just a little bit in the back. It's a little <laughs> squinch. It's it's an interesting design. Um, <laughs> it's an AMC Eagle. Let's just say it. <laughs> AMC Eagle. Everyone... Yeah, it, Google the AMC Eagle and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, so the, four, the four door, the four door Eagle, um, not, okay, or the, okay. the the hatchback Eagle. Oh yeah, the hatchback. Yeah. Oh shoot! It does. <laughs> I was like, try, I'm like, does it really? And I had to pull up a picture, and I've looked at the picture. Dang it! Now I'm always going to see Thor's hammer on the front of the Chevy, and I'm always going to see this as an AMC Eagle. AMC Dang Eagle. it all! Uh, no, but this, the, I, but I do like how this looks. I like the yeah. little. You can little, like it. Um, I'm just saying the, what it looks like. <laughs> the, the bit on the side on the door, they have that like black trim piece. The one that they have on their media site is this bright red and has like a black roof and mm-hmm. a black hood. And that's and the one we saw. In, and that's in June. what we saw. Yeah, and it has a little black insert on the side, like it's on the like right above the door sill on the outside of the car. A little black trim piece. It's. I think it looks good. I think. I yeah, and it. I think the red and black. You know, kind of the red on the sides, and then the black over the top from the from the bumper all the way to the back uh, is is a is a cool look. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, it's you know, kind of a modern fastback sedan mm-hmm. that's been lifted up like and an it's eagle. It's funny because people this this two tone situation that they have going on, which I really like, and it sounds like you like it too, Sam. People either love this or absolutely hate it. There's no in between. Well, and and you know you don't have to get the two tone version. No, you, can, you don't. You can get it in that's, solid colors too. You can that's be boring is, and get a solid color if that's what you must do, or you can get the two tone because you're. I mean, if you're if you're boring and you know have no no you know sense of fun in your vehicle design, get you know, get a monochrome. Get a get just get a plain plain silver monochrome. Yep, just silver, just silver, but, nothing. The EQ, blends. the EQS has a two-tone version that you can get. And people were just like sending me messages like, oh, that's hideous. Why would you make it two-tone? I like, you like can it. Get it. You can get it in one color. Like, yeah. like, no, it doesn't have to be the two-tone. The, it's not like, look look at the site. You can get it. In the, and there were video, like in the video, there's the two-tone one. And then there were like <laughs> like single color ones. But I guess they just watched that first half they of the just video. They like, ah, the hell with it. And they threw their hands up in the air. And then they immediately <laughs> sent me a text message saying, what the F is going on over I, at Mercedes? I like the two-tone. Well, it's like when they have like so many cars where it's not like the hood and everything, but just the roof. Just having a roof that's a different mm-hmm. color than the rest. I like how that looks on most cars, too. I think the extra... Can color you, just makes them look interesting. Can you get different colors with the two tone? Like, could you get like a blue and orange? I think it's just black. Yeah. Um, I don't. I they they haven't they haven't 
given us all those details yet, so all right. you know, we, Red, we don't green. know yet. But. I want a Christmas one. I was going to say you made the Christmas orange. crown. <laughs> I would like the Christmas crown. I like the Christmas <laughs> crown, please. <laughs> but do you really want to drive that in August or yes. in July? Okay. Yes. Gonna, yes, yes, I, I do. Saw, I bring Christmas yes, spirit everywhere. <laughs> yesterday I saw a day glow yellow Volkswagen Rabbit Cabriolet. And oh. I was like, oh, my God. I was going to follow the person and tell them if they ever want to sell that car, this is my phone number. I've done that and to people before. <laughs> and then you're worried if I follow this person and they get out of their car and they think I'm a creeper, I'm going to get shot. So I don't I follow them. Like, if they're near me and we're in a parking lot, then I'll go up to them. Someone had an old M3. Like, uh, I forget which one. Um, but it was, like, kind of being taken care of. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is the car. I'm like, I bet this guy wants to sell this car. And then, so I, this is when I was a car and driver. So I gave him my car and driver business card. I'm like, if you ever want to sell that car. <laughs> so you seem legit. But, but the problem is, is that car and driver business card had my Hearst email address. So he's probably trying to sell it right now and no one's just emailing bouncing. him back. Just bouncing. Or my old boss is getting it and she's just like, oh, yeah. She's like, I got me a car. Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> well, Sharon's, Sharon's not, she's not there anymore, so. No, my, it, would, it would have been, it's Laura Sky Brown who would oh, okay. have gotten my email. I think, I don't know, it's probably dead now. It probably doesn't bounce to anyone now. It probably just yeah. bounces into oblivion. Oblivion <laughs> to nowhere. What, one of the, uh, the interesting details that they revealed is uh, that, it, all, I guess, all the crowns are going to be hybrids. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they've launched this new hybrid max system on the platinum version of the crown with a 2.4 liter uh, turbo. Um, electric rear axle, but this will be the first Toyota hybrid or you know, transverse mounted hybrid that uses a regular step ratio transmission, like a six speed automatic transmission, instead of the, um, the, the system that they've used since the first Prius, you know, which is a, an electronic CVT. Um, so you won't have that classic Prius motor boating effect when you're accelerating. It'll, it'll feel more like, uh, like a Hyundai. Um, or Kia Hybrid. Hmm. Max. So Which I think is neat. It'll be interesting yeah. to drive it. Well, I mean, yeah. they, are, they, they do want to build that electric manual transmission over at Toyota. Remember they had that? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Remember when we talked about it and how they're, if they, it doesn't work unless there's some sort of failure? Like, it has to fail? I don't know. It was like months ago. Or years yeah. ago. I don't know. Time doesn't make any sense anymore. <laughs> Time is a blur. <laughs> Time is a blur. Okay, uh, let's see. What else? Oh, um, back to charging again. Um, the, the car I'm driving this week, uh, which we'll talk about next time, is uh, the Audi e-tron GT. But um, I wanted to run down the battery as much as I could because I wanted to go and use Electrify America to see if, you know, if I could actually get 270 kilowatt charging. And um, coming back from a party yesterday, I stopped at my local EA station, pulled in there. The first 350 kilowatt charger I pulled up to says on there, charger unavailable. It was it was dead. Um, pulled Backed out, pulled over to the other 350 kilowatt charger, plugged it in, started talking to the, the, the guy that was in the F-150 Lightning, a couple stalls down that was charging his truck. Uh, he had just gotten it about three weeks ago. Uh, I turned around and looked at the screen. After 10 minutes, it was the 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 uh, Audi was charging at a grand total of five kilowatts, half, half of what I get from my Parte. charger at home. Yeah, yeah. My home charger does more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine mine does nine point six, and um, the, I I t- turned back around to the uh, the Lightning owner, 
And his, he was on a 150-kilowatt charger. His was only going at 150 kilowatts. Come on, Electrify America. You, you, for, at least for me, I've had pretty good success with your chargers in the, in the last year. But I know a lot, of, a lot of other people that have had a lot of failures with, with EA chargers. This is just not acceptable. You've did they respond? Because you tweeted, yeah. you sent out a tweet with this. Did Electrify America no, respond? They, apparently, to apparently, they only respond when you say something nice about them. They don't respond when, you, uh, when you're critical. And because uh, I, I haven't heard anything the, yet. Uh, here's the thing: that the last, like, I would say, eight months to a year, Electrify America seemed to have gotten their gotten it together. Like, I was going to stay. Like, I wasn't having like issues like every once in a while like one would be down mostly the most of me the issues i was having was that the uh the um the credit card readers were just dead like credit card reader would break or whatever um but then in the last like month and a half two months like everyone's having issues with electrify america i don't know are they updating everything right now and it's just uh, not going well <laughs> what's going on? I, I don't i have no idea what what the problem is but it's it it's felt like not a to good me situation. did it did it feel like to you like they seem to be getting it together like they're like okay it's it not a hundred percent but they're doing better well at, now least, it's just at least here you know around michigan and illinois you know ohio they seem to be doing okay uh i know in the northeast they were still having a lot of problems john volker you know, he lives in, in New York. You know, he was still having a lot of issues. Uh, Jonathan uh, Gitlin's been complaining about yeah, uh, Gitlin's EA having chargers. A lot of problems. You know, so on the on the East Coast, uh, they're they're definitely having a lot of problems. I you know, when I was in California last week, I didn't use an EA charger because I wasn't really in the mood to shop at Walmart. Um, but uh, so I used an EVGo uh, next to a Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it, that one worked fine, and you know, I've generally had more success with with the other chargers although other i know other people have had issues with evgo and and charge point as well so i had i had the one when i was road tripping the one charge point it had like two plugs that you could you know one charging station but two little things you could plug in one worked one didn't and i tweeted it i was like well well i'm not gonna be able to charge my vehicle and they responded they immediately responded and said even though i was complaining i was like hey where was it uh, can you tell us exactly what happened? Can you DM us? Like, what happened? Did it not play? Like, what was it? How was it broken? Did it, like, mm-hmm. what didn't work? And they said, okay, great. We're, we're going to have a call tag in. We're going to go take it. Like, so I don't know if they ever fixed it because it's obviously not near me. But they they responded to my, you guys, this is broken. Guys. I think with, it's like, this- trying to fix it. I'm like, which is, okay, cool. You responded when I complained about it. So points to them that they did respond when I complained. I'm wondering if we need to just move to the, the almost the gas station model with chargers, where there's a person there who says, and "Well, and I think and I, I feel think bad for this. I feel bad for this person because they're going to have to. But this person can also be like, oh, hold on, hold on. I can go back and I can hit a big red button and restart it. And, you know, it's, you know. Or sometimes when it's these yeah. small mechanical things, like literally this clip doesn't work. Hold on a second. Now it works. Yeah. yeah. Like they can fix stuff without having it to be like, I got to call a guy and the guy is eight hours away. They can fix this. Yeah. You know? And beef jerky and Slurpees and the whole thing. 7-Eleven, get on this. If you've got a hang around for anywhere from 15 minutes to 45 minutes anyway for a fast charge, you know, you want something there. You know, yeah. something besides just a grocery store that you may or may not want to shop at. Sonic. Uh, Come on, Sonic. Yeah. You can have and, a hop, you know, hop e- car hops. E- EA did show um, you know, a few months ago, they, they put out a release and uh, with some renderings, you know, of their new charging station design that will include, you know, like a convenience store, a restaurant, that sort of thing, uh, like a gas station. Um, 
and you know they're going to start rolling some of those out. And Tesla has been doing that. They've I know some of their supercharger stations have some of those amenities now, um, and that's something that they're going to have to do. The other thing is, if any of these companies want any of the money from the infrastructure bill, they've got to guarantee like ninety nine and a half percent uptime, and and minimum performance requirements for their chargers. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they enforce that. You know, once they get the money to install, you know, if they if they don't if they don't keep it up, or you know, is the government going to start you know clawing some of that money back? I don't know. Is it released like monthly? You got to get your stuff together. Yeah. Get it together. Yeah. Put it in escrow. I know it's I know it's hard. I know it's hard to like deal with all these different cars, but at the end of the day, if you well, I mean, Volkswagen was sort of forced into this, but yeah, <laughs> if you're taking the responsibility of being like the largest network. Or trying to be the largest DC fast charging network in America, you got to take the responsibility. It can't just be like, yeah. well, we put them all out. Well, they also Good have luck. to work. Yeah, yeah. You have to actually five, function, so or it doesn't. Five count. kilowatts is. I have. To, I, I might be. I have that. The that uh, Genesis right now, and I might. I'm debating whether I'll take it today or tomorrow to test the, the 350 chargers that are on the other side of the bay. Because even though there's EA stations and EVgo stations all around me, none of them are are 350s. I have to go to the other side of the bay to do it, and so. I might do that today. If I get all the way over there and it's not working. <laughs> You're going to be ticked off. <laughs> I was going to be such a tweet. <laughs> like an old man yelling at a cloud. Yeah. All right. Last, uh, last EV story of the week. Uh, Ford made a big announcement on Thursday um, about um, finally adopting uh, lithium iron phosphate batteries. They, they talked about this briefly last year. They mentioned um, when they did their big EV presentation last year that they were they were going to be looking at LFP batteries, uh, particularly for the commercial vehicles. And they, they those for those not familiar with different battery chemistries, most of the EVs today um, are using uh, nickel-rich chemistries, either nickel-manganese cobalt or for the GM Altiums, it's nickel-manganese cobalt aluminum. Tesla uses nickel-cobalt aluminum. Um, but the nickel is the the really expensive part in there, um, and that's what they use the most of. Um, LFP, and it's also the thing that causes um, thermal runaways and fires uh, when it, when it goes when things go wrong. Um, <laughs> the um, LFP batteries are much more stable. They um, they will charge thousands of times. Uh, you have the potential for you know batteries that'll last a million miles. Um, they're about 30% cheaper than nickel wrench batteries. Actually, probably more than that now with the price of nickel having gone up. Um, but they also have about 30% less energy density. Um, so what Ford announced is a deal with uh, CATL, the Chinese battery company, the biggest EV battery company in the world, um, to supply LFP batteries starting uh, middle of 2023. Um, that they're going to use for the standard range models of the Mach-E starting next summer and then early 24 on the Lightning as well. Um, so they'll have you know, at least the same capacity as what you get um, with the current nickel batteries at a much lower cost. Um, they'll be much more durable. And um, these are actually the same batteries that Tesla is using for the standard range versions of the Model 3 now. Uh, they're no longer using nickel batteries. They're using these CATL LFP batteries, um, and uh, that's that's for the the base model of those. Um, and then um, Ford and CATL are also going to establish uh, the first large scale LFP 
cell production in North America by 2026 with a capacity of 40 gigawatt hours. So nickel is still going to be the predominant one. It's probably going to end up being about two-thirds of the market um, for the longer-range vehicles. But at least for Ford, you know, it's probably going to be about one-third of their um, sales are going to be these LFP batteries. Any thoughts? They're going to last longer. And I still think this is where we, we get to a point where people realize that they don't need 300 miles, 400 miles for their daily car or if you know if you have two cars if you have a gas car and you have an ev mm -hmm. your ev doesn't need 400 miles That's, right your ev doesn't need 300 miles 250 to anything above 220 is gold you're, you know you even if you do a long weekend of just like crazy stuff and you forget to charge overnight you're still gonna be fine like i i, I haven't plugged in that genesis in like four days and i had to go back back and forth to the city twice because i forgot something <laughs> I went to the city um, on a Friday, and then I had to go to Oakland, and I'm, I've just been driving this thing around for, I don't know, a few days. Like, real, like, not like, oh, I'm only going 20 miles, like, you know, 40, 50 miles, and it's like, eh, I'll charge it later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't plug in the Audi for for three days, you know, and I drove to Detroit and back a couple of times to, to Bloomfield Hills and back, um, and, you know, there was still, you know, 30 miles of charge left on it. Uh, and you know, it was doing fine, you know, and that, that thing's, I think, uh, the EPA rating is 234 miles for that e-tron. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely, you, you know, if you've got 200 miles of range, you can, you mm -hmm. can definitely get plenty of, uh, range out of that million mile battery. This is, I mean, these things are perfect for fleets. I mean, absolutely. Like any delivery vehicle, anything like that, where, you, mm -hmm. you know, that thing's a delivery vehicle is maybe doing a hundred miles in a day. And it's a lot of stop and go miles anyway, um, and the thing just has to be a workhorse. You know, you're, you're you know you're doing 100 miles every day. That's you know a lot of miles every year. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of miles. It's That's a lot of miles. It's a lot of miles. Many, it's many, many, many miles. Thirty thousand miles. You know, <laughs> let's just say thirty thousand miles a year. If you're doing even if you're doing fifty thousand miles a year, like that car's gonna last for decades. At yeah. least the battery is. And you just throw in a new drive unit and it's good to go. Well, I mean, drive units don't wear out. In case, well, I don't know, maybe you run over. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Ow. unless you have a, a mechanical <laughs> failure from, from something, you know, yeah. they generally don't wear out. Yeah, those Electronics things don't really wear out unless they overheat. Yeah. I guess this tires. You just got to get new tires. And, yeah. uh, tires, and, wiper and blades. Tires, that's Occasionally, it. Tires, wiper blades. Occasionally the pads because those don't wear out nearly as quick because yeah. you have regenerative braking. Right, so you don't even need to hit the brakes. As much. Oh my God, are you telling me that that EVs are better than gas vehicles at longevity? Uh, they could be. Don't be yeah. silly. That's crazy talk. Just because yeah. there's less moving parts, <laughs> fewer well, moving right. parts. That's the word. Fewer, not less. Fewer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got all grammar. Uh, <laughs> Well, so you're excited to being what, able to pronounce the name of that one place in Germany that I've already forgotten. Digging. You forgot how to speak English. <laughs> <I've been digging. laughs> While we're talking EV durability, let's answer some uh, some questions from listeners. Um, dun, dun, we got dun, a few. Dun, dun. So first up from Al Beck, um, question about long-term EV purchase. Uh, say the battery degrades to 50% capacity. Would it cut the range roughly from 250 to 125 miles? Yes. Uh, yeah. That's the answer there. Uh, if so, would the cost to charge the 50% capacity battery also be cut in half? Yes. Yes. Because you're only going to put half as much electricity into it. Correct. That's all it's going to take. Um, and, you know, it's, ba it's basically like if you uh, 
took your gas tank and you filled half of it with foam. Um, mm, so it can only oh. hold half as much gas. That's all you're going to be able to put in there. Yeah. Um, so as an example, you know, take a 60 kilowatt hour battery is 50% degradation, a reduction in battery efficiency. Example, 60 kilowatt hours going into the battery, same as new, but half usable power coming out. No, it's, it's, it's all, all it's going to absorb is half that capacity. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, 30 kilowatt hours in 30 kilowatt hours out roughly. It's actually a little bit more than that. You know, but even with a brand new battery, you've got, there are some losses associated with charging, Right. Um, depending on the type of charger you use. Um, when, when you're charging at 120 uh, volts, um, you're going to have more losses because the, the chargers are less efficient. They're, they're typically optimized for 240 volts. Um, so uh, you're going to have a little bit more. You're going to consume a little more power going in to get that 30 kilowatt hours. But that's that's a separate issue. That, that, that has nothing to do with the age of the battery. That's a lot of math that you have to deal with and heat That's dissipation and yeah. physics yes. and don't worry about it. It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not enough for you to worry about is really what it comes down to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the 120 to 240, like, uh, it's just nerd stuff. <laughs> it's yeah. too much. It's too much. <laughs> so if it's the former, uh, would fueling cost rise over time? Uh, no, your fueling cost won't rise over time, but uh, you will be fueling more frequently. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, and, and 50% degradation. I think there was a concern that, like, oh my God, batteries are going to degradate. Batteries last a lot longer than they anticipated. Yeah. Even I, the I original actually, Nissan Leaf, I think they've only gotten those down to like 60% almost for most people. And that was and, early. and those are those are worse than most because they're the yeah. only ones that are air cooled. Yeah, Everybody else is using liquid cooling. Yeah. Uh, I was actually at a meeting with some folks from uh, uh, from Cox Automotive uh, a couple of days ago. And, uh, you know, they've made some investments. Uh, they, they bought a battery recycling company, um, and they, they also bought another company that's developed systems for testing batteries. Because one of the things Cox does, they, they own Mannheim Auctions. And uh, so they, they do a lot of processing and refurbishing, of, you know, of the vehicles that are going, you know, the used vehicles that are coming either as uh, lease returns or um, used trade-ins uh, going to auction. And... You know they they wanted to be able to properly value used EVs, and so they've made some investments to um, develop some testing methodologies uh, to evaluate the condition of batteries on used EVs. And uh, you know one of the things they found from their data is, aside from the Leaf, uh, because of its air cooled battery, pretty much every other EV is holding up way better than was anticipated. You know eight, 10 years ago. Um, so mm -hmm. they're, they're generally, you know, retaining at, at 10 years, you know, they're, they're almost always still have well over 80% of their original capacity. That's um, a lot. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, for the, the, the context for Al, you know, thinking about buying an EV, we tend to keep our cars for 10 plus years. Am I crazy thinking about a Nissan Leaf or a Kona EV? Um, the Leaf maybe, um, but the the Kona definitely not. You'll be you'll be fine if you want yep. to keep a Kona EV for ten years. I think the Leaf is fine. It's just really boring. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and and the, I guess the the other thing the other thing I would add you know to the the Leaf is it depends. I would say it probably depends on where you live. If you live somewhere like in the Southwest where it gets really really hot, then you probably oh, want yeah. to stay away from the Leaf. Yeah. Uh, if you live like in Nevada or Arizona, if you live somewhere more where Temperatures are more temperate, then you know the leaf should be fine. 
Yeah, the Kona. I love. I really like our Kona EV, and they really the only reason we I mean we lease we're leasing it, um, and it's really just because of what I do, and I want to have the next you know best thing in three or four years. Battery technology is going to advance, but it's you know even in ten years, if you're just cruising around town, it's you're going to be matter. fine. Yeah, it's like yeah. yeah I, the, having the Kona, we we've had it for ten months now. And there's never been a time where I was like, oh, I wish it charged faster. Or, oh, I wish it did this. We never take it to the charger. We, it's always just charging at home. We just cruise around. We go, you know, my wife has done a couple of road trips and then she's gone to Walmart and gotten some. <laughs> and done some the Walmart done some, run. Done the Walmart run on, you know, on her way there or on her way back. And no, it's like if we had this car for 10 years, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. But, you know, I also want an Ionic 5 and now I want yeah. an ID Buzz and now I want a <laughs> All the other things. So that that and well, that's just me. If you're a big car person, like car people tend to like switch cars pretty often. They'll pick one good car that they'll keep forever, but then everything else is like, oh, I want to try this now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that that Audi, I plugged it in last night um, with you know eight percent charge in the battery, and uh, I plugged plugged it in about nine o'clock, nine thirty last night, and this morning at seven o'clock when I went out to walk the dog, it was fully charged. And that's a 92 kilowatt hour battery in there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can you can definitely charge, you know, do a full charge overnight. And the vast majority of the time, you're only going to be doing a partial charge. So. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. It's nice, though, because every day you walk out and your car's full. Which yeah. is not something I, I, I'll get into my, like, in my BRZ. And I'm like, oh, how much gas is in this thing? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, where am I going? Okay, I'm going all the way to San Jose. I have enough gas? And I won't know until I get into the BRZ because, it's, you know, it doesn't yeah. have any fancy, like, check stuff or app yeah. it doesn't have anything like that so i'll get in and i'm like oh cool i'm cool i'm cool i can drive all the way to san jose <laughs> <laughs> don't have to stop at a gas station i don't have to stop yeah. all right adam J asks if my old car is out of warranty and the alternator dies it's on me to fix it now so many cars have so much software i'm wondering how that will work when my car is out of warranty but some glitch causes features to break will that still be wear and tear and on me to fix um <laughs> it depends. Yeah. You know, I mean, if it's, if it's, it, we don't know the, the answer, the honest answer is we don't know yet how manufacturers are going to handle, you know, long-term, um, you know, software fixes, uh, because nobody's, you know, aside from Tesla's, nobody's been doing it long enough. Um, and, you know, usually, you know, if it's, if they, if they push out a software update that breaks something, they'll usually turn around and fix that, you know, and push out another software update. Um, but uh, it's funny. I, a few days ago, I was listening to, there's a podcast I listened to called uh, uh, Historic Racing News. And they were talking about, uh, it's a, it's out of the UK. And they were talking about, um, you know, historic racing, you know, old, old race cars and trying to keep like Formula One cars and endurance racing cars, you know, from the 1980s and 1990s running so they you know they can still use these things on the track and they're having a harder and harder time with some of these cars like uh one example um the williams uh fw14b from 1992 so this is a 30 year old formula one car when it came out it was the most advanced car in the world uh most advanced race car in the world full active suspension and everything just completely dominated the 92 season and um recently at the british grand prix um, Sebastian Vettel, who now owns the car that Nigel Mansell won the championship with that year, um, did some demonstration runs with it. 
And one of the things they talked about is that they actually had to take the active suspension system out of this car and revert it back to a conventional spring and damper passive suspension system because they could not get the software and everything, you know, the computer the, and the computers working to make it run with the active suspension system. Uh, yeah. And yeah, this, this is a problem with a, a lot of these older cars. There, there's some, some people that specialize in maintaining these older race cars that one of the things they also do is they collect old computers so they can use the computers of the same era yeah, with the could, same software to plug them in and, and just to get the engines started, yeah. you know, just to Jeez. fire it up. Because they don't have the interface anymore. Like, have you ever tried to yeah. plug into an old, like, Apple, like, let's say, printer with a new MacBook? It wouldn't, it won't work. It doesn't. Yeah. It does not operate. It's like, no. Yeah. Nope. So you have to have the old Apple computer, and then you have to have the old OS, and then you have to have the old, yeah. Yeah, like the McLaren F1, another example. Um, you know, when they designed that thing, you know, a lot of the stuff they did was with uh, compact laptop computers of the early 90s you know well, i had I had, I had one of those for, for my job back then and mclaren technicians still have to keep a stockpile of these 30 year old um compact laptops <laughs> just so they can service and just to do diagnostics That's on these things funny. when they come into the shop yeah so we you know the reality is we you know I think it's it's going to be better because these new vehicles are going to be able to do over-the-air updates. So they'll be able to push out software updates. So they won't necessarily have to directly connect in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a challenge, you know, as software ages, you know, and it's like, you know, what what can you actually get fixed? You know, what, what, what can you, you know, what are you still going to be able to use 20 or 30 years from now? Yeah. How long are you going to keep that old stuff and say, yeah, yeah. we'll fix it? When do you, when do you just say, nope, done? There has yeah. to be a point. At some point they have to preserve, they essentially preserve the OS and Amber. It just sort of stops being, getting updated and they have a, this is what it is now. Your car no longer evolves, which is. Right. This is some, where it stops. And yeah, other new like things what, could come out, but not for your car. Your yeah, car but is not here. For your car. It stays here. Yeah. And at that point where the, there's going to be issues is with there's uh, security, security yeah. issues. If someone figures out how to hack that, you know, that software that's in that old car. So but how the, old do you think that old car is going to be? Is it getting old enough now that you've got just such an old car that like suck it up, buttercup? You have a really old car. <laughs> I mean, when you, I mean, if you look right now, there's that Honda, like, the relay issue, mm. which, you know, and yeah. Honda's like, mm, we're not going to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> not doing that. Yeah. So I mean, I've got I, a 32 year old car in my garage. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's on, you know, it's on the, the, these, these automakers, they're going to have to look at it and say, okay, well, we've sold, you know, we sold 150,000 of these cars. We have to make sure that, you know, at least one person on staff. And then you have to train people with all these, like... One person knows. Yeah. There's or a two, guy. Well, I guess We've three people. We've got a guy. Literally, there is a guy. <laughs> yeah. And it's... Well, it's like Y2K, you know, when, when oh they, you know, they, they just, they realized, you know, in the late 90s that, you know, there was a lot of code that was written with the year with just two, tig- two digits, two right. digits, you know, uh, for the last two digits. And they didn't think about what happens in the year 2000. Yeah. And... You know, they had they had to find people that still knew how to write COBOL and, you know, to COBOL. go through, you know, pour through all this code and you know, figure yeah. out what needed to be fixed. So there'll always be, there's always going to be like a class of people yeah. who are, who, who you know, okay, we're going to teach you how to use this really old operating system because this is happening. So, 
I mean, the auto the automakers are are hiring more and more and more and more software engineers because there's so much that has to be done, and they need you know these people more so than they've ever in the past because even with the gas cars, there's so much going on software wise that you know these people you know they have to have. So you have a larger you have a much larger pool of people to pull from um, when things go you know weird you know 15 mm. years from now. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Final question uh, from Rich. This, this is really more of a comment, I think, from Richard DiCarlo. Um, and to preface this, there was uh, some reports that came out earlier this week that Ford was planning some massive layoffs from their Ford Blue division, which is the old the internal combustion business unit after they did their reorganization this spring. Um, so Ford, in its infinite wisdom, decided to permanently cut 8,000 jobs this week in an announcement to workers. So first off, Ford hasn't announced anything to workers yet. There's reports that they may lay off up to 8,000, but they haven't announced anything yet. So there's that. Um, the reasoning behind the cut, cut, cuts is due to the transition from gas-powered vehicles to electric. Our current government is pushing electric vehicles, saying that it will create new jobs. Here's a perfect example of the lies that, are tell, that they're telling us. Um, it's not like they're, they were offered to go work at a different plant to produce electric cars. They were just told that jobs are permanently eliminated. Um, once you start peeling back the onion, you start to see that all, this is all about dollars and cents and not about making the, uh, saving the environment. So first of all, that's a lot to unpack right there, Sam. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's a I'll, lot. I'll, I'll start with this. You know, For the last the question, you save this. Okay, go ahead. They, they haven't announced anything yet to employees. This is all speculation rumor. Yes. And, and the, you know, given who some of the people that report this, I think that they, they got it from. They got some hints from some reliable sources within Ford um, that there are definitely cuts coming. And this was to be expected. The other thing to keep in mind is that these are all cuts to salaried staff. None of this is hourly staff. None of this is people working in factories. This is all from design, engineering, marketing, um, you know, other, you know, other parts of the, the organization. Now, if they do cut 8,000 people, that's actually like almost a third of their salaried staff. I have a hard time believing that they're going to be able to cut 8,000 salaried staff and still be able to function. Um, I mean, like, I, I'm a group with you. Like, I, I get it. You know, you downsize, things change. It's like, oh, we have goofed and we have a third too many people. <laughs> That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. I mean, and so, yeah, I don't, I, I, I guess I have no problem believing they'd be laying people off. I mean, companies do it all the time, but I don't necessarily think that it's like, this is all because of, Electric vehicles and they're evil and they're really just going to fire everyone. Companies lay people off and hire people yeah. and shift and create new divisions and take for it. It's a constantly flux thing. I don't think you can really. I Especially in the, the automotive industry is so volatile. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 you know, it's, and it's, it's, it's a lot of it's stuck to how the, the uh, economy is doing. A lot of people are concerned about a recession. I mean, Tesla preemptively, I mean, they just started laying tons of salary people off. My friend got laid off at Tesla. Um, yeah. He works in service, which is like maybe not the people you should be laying off at <laughs> Tesla. But, um, yeah, so and, and but, you know, people have been laid off from and factories have been shut down way before EVs in the right. automotive it's, industry. Like you just like it, it, there's a there's a whole uh, documentary called. <laughs> About Flint, Michigan, you know, it's just the, the you know the the automotive industry is is it's it's fickle, it's weird, and it's 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 really like if we if if humans are not buying cars, 
then they cannot sell. You know, there's no point in them making more cars because the humans do not have the money to buy cars at this point in yeah, time. It's, it's an industry that is, and, and really any industry, most of them have layoffs and have a cyclical thing. And as the economy changes and as people's habits change, but it doesn't, you know, I, I just think like offering up the sacrificial lamb of EVs, damn them to hell, they've laid off all these people. I don't necessarily think that's what's happening. I think this is probably assuming that Ford comes out with something and says something about this. It's going to be, there's going to be more to it than just, yeah, we just axed 8,000 people, <laughs> didn't need them. Like there's going to be a little bit more to this, you know? <laughs> Unless they have to hire all, again, I just go back to the last question about, you know, software. I mean, they had, they are hiring, they've hired so many software people. They hire, mm-hmm. they have all the, and then, and, and then we have to talk about autonomy, but like software, uh, battery specialists and people, you know, they have to build a whole other factory just for batteries. I mean, that's a whole that's a whole lot of jobs right. that Ford didn't have those jobs before because Ford doesn't make oil ga- into gasoline <laughs> like right. Chevron yeah. and Exxon. Now Ford has to make essentially make the thing make their gasoline. Now, yeah, you almost you're yeah. almost making your gasoline for it. So it's it's yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ford Ford is, you know, they've, they've already announced three battery plants that they're building. Plus a new assembly plant in Tennessee. Um, all of those are hiring, you know, prob- combined, I think, more than 8,000 people. Uh, plus, you know, this week's announcement of the LFP plant, which is going to be another, probably another 1,000 to 1,500 people. Uh, so, you know, and the software engineers, you know, they, they've hired, you know, between the, the manufacturers, they've hired many thousands of software engineers over the last three years. Uh, and they're, they're actively recruiting for more software engineers. You know, I think, you know, where are you going to see people leaving Ford, you know, is people have been designing engines and transmissions and, yeah. and other components that you don't need in EVs. So there, there is a shift, but, you know, the, the people that are, that are going, you know, are, you know, they don't have the expertise and the skills to design, you know, you're talking about mechanical engineers as opposed to electrical and electronic engineers and software engineers that you need for EVs. So it's a very different skill set and you can't just retrain those people necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And when I talk to automaker, oh, sorry, go on. No, I just, it's more than just like they've laid people off, you know, it's, it's the nature of humans of development of civilization that as things change and they move, what was a very, you know, a position that they needed lots and lots of 10 years ago, suddenly you don't need lots and lots of, but you have some other type of job that needs to be done. So there's always, especially in large industries, you know, the automotive industry is a huge animal. There are so many parts to it. There's factories, there's offices, there's development, there's trying to do EV stuff now. People are going to, you know, the market's going to shift where they're going to have to lay off people from one place and maybe they've hired more or the same as in another spot. But it's just kind of that's civilization. Like business has changed. Industries change. I don't I don't see this as like, oh, the EVs have crushed everybody. I think that's the only thing that's freaking me out about this question. I'm like, it's not like Ford's infinite wisdom. Well, for it probably is wise. I would rather see them lay off people as they need to lay off people, even if it was me working it for them, be like, bye, we laid no one off, we're done. Like yeah. you sometimes have it's to un- make business decisions that are unfortunate. So there's there's not yeah. a lot of carburetor designers left at any of these automobiles. <laughs> yeah. I mean things, you know, the catalytic converter people, like one day they had a job. And <laughs> like, hey. Yeah, there's yeah, it's 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 I mean 
vehicles have been advancing and, and it's just now they're advancing much quicker than they were before. And mm-hmm. like, like, you know, carb again, carburetors, once the uh, fuel injection, there's a bunch of people who probably worked carburetors and they're like, I don't want to learn how to do fuel injectors. And you know, they left and I've talked to automakers. I'm like, how was, what does your team feel about this? And they're like, there's a lot of people who are very excited and they're learning and they're doing all the things that make sure that they're, they're ready for the future. And then there's some who are just like, you know what, I've, I've been here for, you know, X amount of years. I'm just mm-hmm. going to like, I'm going to ride through until my retirement. And then, you know, as I retire, the job I do anyway is not going to be of, of much use anyway. So it, it's just sort of like cruising till the end. And, but, yep. and it's always unfortunate when people get laid off. I mean, it, it, it's. Yeah, I mean, it's, it sucks to, you know, to lose your job, you know, especially if you've been doing it for I've 20 been laid or 30 off. years. I've been laid off. You know, I'm in yeah. media. Yeah. No, I mean, it doesn't negate the human price of, of change, but there, the change is going to happen. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's not always easy for everyone. No, we can stop it. We can stop we the change. Stop all stop the change. change. No change. No we'll more change. None. Zero. So um, we can turn it back to 1850. <laughs> so, 18. Not too late. I drove. All I, right. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, uh, let's say goodbye for this week. Bye. Goodbye for this week. Bye for this week. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.